Focus to games that need the right players, give our Christmas game list, and we do a live playthrough review of Warhammer Quest, the adventure card game. How many board games are you going to give this Christmas? <laughs> I can't tell you that. None? No, not to you. You're not going to get... You're on the naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt about that. I'm usually naughty. I don't know. I'm going to give lots of board games. Okay. I think I'm going to give it just to defy people. Should I give it to people who absolutely express no interest in board games and be like, here. Here's a game. Let's go fish. Go <laughs> but fish. But this one has fish on the cards. No. No. That'd be fun. You'd, you'd like that. I know. What if it was Go Trout? I would play that game. Go Salmon. Well, <laughs> um, I, I hope everybody's going to give lots of board games to anybody who <laughs> remotely wants to know <laughs> board game. Why not? Well, right? I don't know. I think. Um, I'm giving, I mean, I've already got, cheese. I don't know how many board games I've already bought for people. You're insane. Am I? A little bit. Well, I think probably is it. That's right, but <laughs> well, it, it's hard for me not... not to buy board games for people. I know. <laughs> like, if I try to buy them a different gift, it just, it's such a struggle. Well, okay, here's if something. If it's a I... board game, I'm like, I know exactly what you'd like. Now read these rules, and they're like, they're I never don't gonna like happen. to read. <laughs> no, here's something that I heard, though, is that one of the best gifts you can give is something that you really like. Hey, this is something I really like. I'd like to share that with you. Right. Just unfortunately for our friends and family, we like board games. I know. Here, <laughs> here is, you know, Arkham Horror, the card game. Exactly. <laughs> Here's Hero Realms, the card game. <laughs> I can just see your mom. Oh, Fred. Now will you keep that? I'd be like, okay, here you go, mother. Here is Arboretum. I bet she'd enjoy it. We talked about that. She might. But you, anyhow, you got to get her something else. I know. So. Something mom-like. I have to get her a birthday present this week, too. You do? Yeesh. She didn't even think about that. Let's, let's talk about games that we played, Can not we just do that? games we're buying, okay? Okay. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what God played. All right. What got played, Nicole? We played Caverna, finally. Oh, my goodness. Is this about the cave dwarves? Yes. Are they dwarves or are they trolls? Dwarves. Why would they be trolls? I don't know. Why would they be dwarves? Because that's what dwarves do. They farm in caves. What do trolls do? They protect bridges? This game is called Caverna the Cave Farmers, but it's, they don't farm in caves. They no. really don't. You you don't plant stuff and they don't plant little mushrooms. Well, I thought there might be like mushroom mushrooms. planting or something, you know, yeah. fungus planting or that something. That would make sense. It's they pretty much do the that. only thing that's going to grow in there. Well, they don't do that in this game. No. You, you, you just farm outside and in the cave you kind of live and... And mine. And dig. Right. In a mine. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a, uh, 
a sequel to Agricola. Right. And it's pretty obvious once you sit down and start playing it. That's pretty obvious anyway. Why? Because look at the little animeeples. Are you saying the artwork and the... And the artwork. And the included components look like it? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, when, when, you, sit, when you sit down to play this, you're playing Agricola 2.0. Right. And it is just a game about farming and scoring your farming parts. You know, parts of the game. You get plants, you plant them, you harvest them, you eat some, you plant the rest, you get several different animals, you breed them, you eat some of them, you breed more, you expand your home, and you grow your family. I mean, that's that's what you do at Agricola. And right. all of that is in this game. It's, but it's different. <clears throat> at the end of the game, you score how much vegetation you have, how many animals you still have, you score the size of your family, and you score special buildings you built. Right. All of that is still in here. What changes is you're a dwarf and you're not a human. <laughs> there, you also no. go on adventures. <laughs> now, because of this... You go adventuring. Well, well, because you're a dwarf, your house is inside of a mountain and you can dig into and add all kinds of new rooms in this game. Mm -hmm. Like there's over 50 rooms in this game. You can add a room, a breakfast room, and that's where you can keep up to three cows, which is really ridiculous, by the way. Right. Who brings cows indoors? Everyone who's normal. No, they, oh. you cannot control where a cow's going to plop, and you don't want that. There's no litter it. box. She means it. She's that will it. work. If you tickle a cow, it's bound to plop. I didn't tickle the cow. I don't even know. The, uh, here's the thing. <clears throat> this, this alone adds, just the fact that you have the cave, adds excavating. It adds mining ore. It adds raising a new animal, the donkey. Right, which you I think know. we did that part wrong. Right. Yep. And it helps your digging. Right. <laughs> so you can sing the song. Um, so there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit different in this game. Right. I mean, there, there's enough <clears throat> that you wouldn't just simply call it Agricola. It is Agricola at its core. But what's some key differences that you saw between this and Agricola? The adventuring. So yeah, adventuring. Each of your little worker guys in this game can have a weapon assigned to them via a blacksmith action. And once they've done this, they can then go on these adventures with their weaponry and they get a reward card based off of this little shopping list. They get list. spoils. Right. They get, and, and, it, and the rewards that they, the options they have to be, you know, as rewards is determined by whatever their weapon level is. Right. And the number of, of rewards that they get is based off of what space you get and how many... Uh, adventure adventure numbers it is so if it's right. adventure three you would get three rewards and you get to choose from like let's say your weapon level is seven you can choose a seven a six a five a four or whatever three two and a one you know right but you can't choose two level sevens and you right. can't yeah you can't choose the same reward twice is how now, it specifies it we should clarify adventuring is like the most it, it's not really adventuring. There is nothing, There's nothing descriptive that happens at all. You no. just go shopping on a list based on your little weapon level. Right. But it gives you these really specific things that are kind of hard to get otherwise. And it gives you a bunch of specific things. All at once. Right. All yeah. at once. Which so is like, good. Like, for instance, vegetables are hard to come by. So it gives you vegetables. You know, Potentially. One of, your, one of your adventurous things. There's no randomness to this. You know what your weapon level is. And you go in and you adventure and then your weapon level goes up by yeah, one. There's no, you're going to succeed or you're going to fail. If you take the spot that has a number two on it, right. then you're going to go on two adventures and whatever right. your weapon level 
is the rewards that you're going to get. Right. So that's that's a really big difference. Yeah. You know? Which, I mean, it's interesting. I kind of, I was mildly disappointed in, in, you know, I knew there was going to be adventures and I was disappointed in the fact that it's not really adventure Now, it sounds like we're putting too much emphasis on this because there's only like three spots in the game where you can play an adventure. They were pretty but important spots, though. <clears throat> whenever, we, whenever I read the book, there is a point in the book where it actually says... You can potentially win the game by only going after adventuring. Right. Like adventuring and building your weapon levels up and collecting tons of rewards all the time, as many times as you can, and not really expanding your farm at all, you know, and taking a big hit on not farming and only mining and adventuring, you Mm -hmm. know. So it's possible to win the game like that. But they said that more often than not, you had to balance between the two to actually win the game. If someone balanced between farming and adventuring, they would like, like win more often. Right. But it was still possible for you to win just being an adventurer. Mm-hmm. Weird, right? I guess. What's another difference between this? I don't know. You don't know? The map. <laughs> the map. You tell me. You're looking for an answer, so just tell <laughs> no, me what I'm it just, is. No, I'm, I'm asking you. So oh. <laughs> uh, this adds ore uh, as another component to build with. In the first game, you just had stone and wood. In this one, you get ore as well. And what does ore do for you? You get this? the rubies, too. Right. You get rubies, which... Uh, rubies, rubies are like a wild card. Right. They can be used as what? Like anything, but then... Only if, like, only certain things for one right. ruby, but then if you have another ruby, or if you have a ruby and something else, then you can get bigger things. Right, and rubies are one of those things that grow really slowly. They're on one of those spots uh, pretty early in the game. In a two-player game, they don't come up till like, round three or five or something like that. Remember? I don't know. You, I didn't <laughs> buy any rubies. I had not one single ruby right. the rubies, entire game. What helped me with rubies is rubies let me do stuff like I could pay one ruby and I would take a undeveloped piece of land and then I could turn it into a developed like a meadow and, and like cultivate the space automatically. Right. So I can go from woods to field to like sowed or like a tilled up ground ready to be planted in. We do sound like farmers. With no. one... <laughs> with one ruby. Yeah. So they're pretty powerful. Yeah. Pretty powerful little addition. Um, <clears throat> what I noticed about this, and what this is another one of the key differences, is in Agricola, the first thing you notice is you're struggling so hard to feed your family that at the end of round, you know, the first harvest phase, which at harvest phase, they come up more often in this than they did in uh, Agricola. Uh, but this is, this is because it's easier to feed your family. Mm-hmm. And Agricola, you were struggling at that first harvest phase. You were clinging on by your fingertips, just trying to not starve and take these negative point cards, you know, same, this, this game has the same kind of effect where you get negative point cards. If you don't feed your family, there were negative point cards. Oh yeah. They oh, were, I never they got were little, one. They were little chips. Oh. We never got them. No. Because you can feed your family in this. If Even if you completely, you know, flub your turn and, and try to figure out, what, what did I do wrong? You can still look over and go, oh, well, I could do this and I could do this and I could still get food. Yeah. You know, and you're not really depending on, on just a fishing hole. And this one, they instead of, instead of just like a food only spot, <clears throat> they have a, uh, like a, a take, you know, harvest wood and food spot. Right. You know, and stuff like that. So there is always valuable. Uh, you don't have to build fences in this. 
You just stable, like, or you just pasture, like, areas. You build a pasture rather right. than having to build fences. So in Agricola, you had all these little wooden sticks that you were constantly trying to build these fences and spending, like, one wood per wood, wood stick, you know. Remember that? Right. <clears throat> Not so in this game. This game, you just say, I'm going to make a pasture out of these bases right here. And you can either build a single spot one or you can build a double spot one. You can still build stables. You still got sheep and cows and... And that was the other thing that I thought was that I know was different was uh, the value of the animals, because in Agricola, like uh, the sheep were the cheapest, and right. then like or for victory points, you would right. only get like one point per sheep. Yeah. Pigs, you'd get a couple points, and then uh, moving on horses, you got more points or whatever. Right. Um, cows, I guess cows. Right. Cows. Not the horses. Um, but with this one, they were all worth one point in the end. Right. That's it. They didn't score very much, but they were worth negative points if you had if you were missing a type. Yeah, but it was it wasn't very it still wasn't very much. Right. So um in this one you can also do uh there there are some other spaces like mines and stuff. And 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 they support like action board spaces. So you'd have your action board and you might like if you have a, a specific ore mine and you take this ore action, it adds extra supplies, so you have like little chain reacting kind of bonuses going on there and you have uh you also have uh a bunch of buildings that give bonus points and stuff like that at the end right which is uh I we didn't buy very many of those <clears throat> i bought a couple you did you did really well in this game compared to me like she she doubled my score i did not yeah you did you over doubled yeah I did a good job. I was like, look, I got 61 points, and you're like, 154? I don't think it was that much. It was not that much. I think it was something like I that. I think you're crazy and I exaggerating. Felt like, it felt like 1,500 to 10. At How the many end. dogs, Dave? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Let's leave Dave out of this. <laughs> Inside joke. I'm so sorry. I should not there do that. There was one. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, you, you trounced me pretty hard. Another thing I noticed is... Um, this game, oh, there's one more animal that we didn't talk about. There's the dogs in this. There's oh, dogs. the dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dogs, they're the most weird animal in this because you, you're, you're handed them for free. You can have as many as you want. They don't have to be kenneled or pinned up or anything like that. And you just kind of use them. them to support other animals. Like sheep. You can have no, it's a, just sheep. You can have a field and you can put a dog in it and it can have a sheep in there. You know, with the dog. Because the dog was, like, wrangling the sheep or something. Right, which is weird. It was weird. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Box, this is another thing I want to say about this. The box says 30 minutes per player. It's more likely that it's probably 45 minutes to an hour per player. We always know that the they go... The first time you play no, 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 it. No, no, we, played no. We played it, like, an hour and 15 minutes per player. Well, we're dumb. No. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> Speak for yourself. The uh, <laughs> no. The uh, I think it's more likely they they always go really conservative on how long it takes to play these on these boxes. Basically, they blatantly lie about how long games take, and this one's this one's at least half of what I, I would say. It's it's probably fifty percent less than what it is. You know. I don't know. I think once you got your head wrapped around it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, we wouldn't have done that. We I, have I guarantee we would take 45 minutes to one hour every single time. I just, I just know it. Uh, it plays up to seven, which seems which bonkers. ridiculous. Because I'm telling you, I'm not, I mean, if you have an entire day and you have six uh, masochistic friends 
have a good time. Yeah. No, that, that seems ridiculous. <laughs> I, I would, would never, never want to do that. I would never play the seven players. No. It just doesn't seem like it would go anywhere with me. I can't, there's not a lot. I mean, unless it's a party game, there's not a lot of games I would ever play seven players I'd if play they seven supported wonders. it. But we have, and it was fun. Yeah. It didn't take that much longer. I said there's not a lot, though. Right. This, this is definitely one, one of those uh, I wouldn't do. So what do you think about this? I mean, when we did Agricola, I can't even remember what we gave it. Was it? Did we give Agricola a five? Did we give ratings on it? Because it was it was a five for five, didn't wasn't it? Oh, we may not have. I don't know. I don't know. think we did. I think it was just a what got played or something. <laughs> it was a five for five. Was it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I like this one a little bit better. Right. I think this is better than Agricola. Yeah. And it's purely that torturous, I can't feed my family, or I'm barely going to make it, or oops, I chose the wrong spot, and now I'm going to lose three points. Just, I, it's just this. I feel like this one has, thing. you know, because, because it, there are, it, it is easier to feed your family. Right. It gives you opportunity to focus on other things. I didn't realize that at the <laughs> beginning. Or I might have even played my game a little bit differently just to kind of right. explore some more of the buildings and stuff like that. But you you don't have to focus on the food nearly right. as much. It's not like you're going to get blocked out of the food and be like, right. well, there goes my turn. Everybody's dead. Great. Right. Whereas with the Agricola, I felt like on occasion you'd get shoved out, not get the right food source, and you weren't going to be able to feed your people. Yeah, there's so many spaces you almost never find a spot where you're like, I had to have that one spot or else I lose the game. Right. You don't really feel like that. Now, that being said, I feel like there were so many spots and so many building rooms and stuff available that I had a really hard time focusing on what I needed to do to win. And we didn't even play the, the extended version no, like with the, the extra junior. buildings. We played Converta Junior. They, they have a beginner version that uses, what? Like half the buildings? 20 buildings of yeah. 54. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even... I'd like to play it again just to kind of do a comparison right but this game i thought this game was really fun oh I, yeah i think it i honestly do think it is true that if you don't have agricola there's no reason to buy agricola if you don't have agricola and you just want a sampling of it get the all creatures big and small and then get caverna i i would say if you want agricola just just buy caverna yeah i just don't see i don't see any i, I think this is agricola enhanced personally i think it's yeah. enhanced in every way yeah i agree so I like it better. That's Caverna. That's one of the games we played. Um, another one. <clears throat> we got another one to the table. Now this is another one. See, C- Caverna. We wanted. To, I wanted to play that because I had had Caverna almost two years. Yeah. Almost. I got it the Christmas before last for Christmas. Yes. And the Christmas so, before last for Christmas. Right. In your face, Christmas. <laughs> the. Uh, <clears throat> So I had to get it to the table. It just every once in a while, this is over Thanksgiving weekend, and every once in a while I have to have these games that I've had too long that just keep looking me in the eye, you know, every time I look across the shelves like, are you... Fred. <clears throat> Fred. They're like, are you ever going to play Come me? Come play us. Why? I've sat here Come for on. a year. You organized me and put me <laughs> on the shelf, and then you didn't do anything. You opened the box and everything. <laughs> and this next one, I even did that. I organized it. I counted all the cards. I found out I was missing three, and I waited six weeks to play it. For cards to show back up, and then I didn't play it. And this is Legendary Encounters Predator. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the kind of spiritual sequel to Legendary Encounters Alien. Right. Now, this is, uh, it uses the same basic system. It uses that Marvel Legendary deck building game basic, 
uh, idea in the background. The big thing about it is, is it's a cooperative game, in this case, or in the Alien one, and in this one, <laughs> where you play like Marines or you play cops in the city uh, trying to fight the Predator, you know, or... In this one, we never even tried this other mode, but you can play a uh, version of it where you play as predators hunting humans and trying to collect trophies against each other competitively. Right. Fred doesn't like to play against me on those games for some reason. I do that all the time. Uh, no, not that Marvel. It, it, well, oh, and Marvel, Marvel has a problem where, where there's this thing called semi-co-op where I have to fight really hard for Nicole to win. And if she, if we win the game, then she gets to count up points of villains she killed and go, hey, look, I was the best hero. That's right. It's the, okay, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to censor myself Your before I get too mad. bulging out. <laughs> okay. We don't count the cards. At the end of that game, Matt and I will just throw our cards at Nicole and go, here, you count them and walk off and she'll just be like sitting there all smug and happy like, yay, I won. But we don't I'm care. the MVP. And you guys won't let me have my victory. Thanks. Right. Jerks. It's just dumb. It's really, <laughs> really dumb. Because because I could, in that game, if I really wanted to play to win in this semi-co-op, I could throw the game. I could throw it and purposely do dumb actions if I thought you were ahead. Well, why would you do that? That would be against the because, team. Because I, I'm not going to win. But then I don't truly win anyway. Yeah, I know. If we then, lose... Then you won't win. So so if I'm going to win, I can make it so you don't win oh either. Oh my gosh. So it's worth losing the game just so I don't win. Well, MVP. I mean, I, I'm going to lose either way. Wow. <laughs> but wow. I'm, I'm saying that's why I don't even count the points. This game, the good thing about Legendary Encounters is it gets rid of that dumb little number... <laughs> In the bottom of those cards, and you don't have to worry about someone saying, oh, but I was the best winner, which is terrible. What a dumb concept for a game. Anyways. He's just mad because I win it all the time. Not all the time. If we win, then I win. Most of the time you do. I That's right. How. See? On Magic. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the Predator version of the Aliens game. And in, in the Encounters version of this game, they add this little track that kind of walks cards across and eventually it goes into the middle of the playmat where it attacks you. And that's what the aliens did too. And you're supposed to scan or investigate these spaces along this little six card track that leads from the enemy deck to your little combat zone in the middle. I think it's only five cards, but okay. doesn't matter. Maybe it's six. Uh, the other thing this thing does is it does strike cards you do have a character you do have hit points you do have a special card in your deck and a special ability on your player card <clears throat> they're not particularly powerful but uh another thing this this uh the encounters did was in include like the cooperate uh cards and they actually say cooperate and you could actually like was it actually i think they say cooperation was that what it was yeah. but anyways it allows you to play a card on somebody else's turn you play a card that benefits them. They get to make a card, like a copy of that card that basically, you know, a hypothetical one that they get so to use. So if it was worth like one hit, you know, uh, attack point, then you get an extra attack. Right. And usually it'll be something like, hey, cooperate. They draw a card and it'll also have an attack one. Uh -huh. So on their turn that you get to boost their attack, they get an extra card and you then draw a card to replace the one in your hand. So you don't even waste a card technically out of your deck. Which is very cool. <clears throat> and that's one of the best things they did in this. Now, how does this stack up? We talked about all this stuff in the Aliens Encounter 
episode. If you want to go back and listen to that, it was it was a pretty fun episode too. <laughs> we think so. Uh, here's the thing: How does this stack up against it? We meh. played it, and you say meh. Meh. Oh. First off, okay. I didn't like the Predator movie that much. I've seen it like one time, and okay. It was like, so so the theme is a knock is a notch down. It's already at a disadvantage. Although I'm still not like the hugest aliens fan i mean it's fun whatever right. i like it but i'm not like oh alien whoa you know um <laughs> but predator i'm really like oh, i don't need to watch that again right you know which alien i will watch again um so you're already at a disadvantage there and then the something with the setup was just not the book is kind of sucky <clears throat> where it didn't really explain the setup quite right or something or maybe you just screwed it up Oh, I'm we pretty were, sure, sure we were I screwed it up. Playing it really, really wrong. Well, this one, all of these Marvel games like this, or all of these legendary card games, Upper Deck has a really bad problem with organizing these cards when they come to you. They're just an absolute chaotic mess. If you just threw them up in the air and onto the floor, it's as organized as what comes out of that box when you open up those decks. And so this one has 700 cards to organize. Right. And you don't know exactly where all of them go or what all of them mean. And some of them, in this case, were labeled the same. Because they have two different cards. They have these objective cards and they have clue cards that are labeled the exact same thing as the objective. And so the first two games we played, I was playing with clue cards as my objectives instead of clue cards in the deck where my enemies were. Right. So I was, I completely So we ruined the it. game. I yeah. flubbed it twice completely. So and we then, like ran through it. <laughs> got confused, sort of beat it, and were bored. Well, and then we had like a, you know, we we beat it on the first one, like no problem, the, the original Predator movie. Because we were doing it wrong. <clears throat> and then we played the second Predator movie, and we were like, this game is not fun. And all of a sudden, like the last card of the first phase came out, and we were like, oh... This is that. Like, actually, no, we won that second game. And we were like, No, oh. we didn't. We got stuck. Because we're like, there's no card. Oh, that's it right. It says you have to wait. Like, it, it has to... It, it gets into the combat zone. And then if you find this clue, then you get to move on. Right. There's no card to ever move on from. It, <laughs> right, we ran out we the Because we had deck. the clue card. We were already u using the clue card instead of the objective. Right, because we were using the clue card as the objective. Right. And that's, so that's the, when it the last card us. we needed never came because it was <laughs> already out. But technically we found out that if you had beaten the guy that we had beaten, that we would have won the game anyways. Right, but I don't know that we would have gotten to him if we'd actually so been either. doing the clues correctly. Right, because the clues added We this... broke the game. Yeah, we played it terribly. Ugh. And then the third game, we actually played it correct, and it felt a lot better. But it was still a little flat for me. And it felt a lot more like Alien did, and we lost. Which is fine. <laughs> right. I just fully couldn't... intend on losing every time I play a co-op game, and if I win the first time, it's probably not a very good game. Right. But I, uh, it was okay. I think that the ma my main complaint about this is is that the they they basically crammed two games into one. And when I looked at it, it's not 350 cards for the co-op game, 350 cards for the for the Predator game, for the competitive game. It's like 450 cards for the competitive game, 250 cards for the other game. Uh -huh. So they really diminished their attention to the cooperative part of this game, which is what a legendary game is. Usually. And they, they put all their attention in this competitive thing that I didn't even want to play. So I mean, you got half a game. Right. Only a third 
a third of a game. It, it really was kind of lame. I did think there didn't seem to be a whole lot of cards in there. Right. Well, there's only two missions. Right. And there's only two settings. In, in the in the alien one, you had like you you have the three the three full movies with multiple missions each one. You have multiple settings. In Wasn't each there game. also something like where you're supposed to be in the city, but it doesn't like change the mat. Like the mat stays the same, and it doesn't say anything about the city. Oh, there was I don't something know. weird. I don't know. I'm just saying, this one was kind of. It was meh. It was meh. It felt like they they did they just shoved another one out the door and just kind of threw a license on it that they thought was comparable. And it's not. It's not. The alien one is so much better, and the tension is so much more real. In it, it really than this, is. This one. This one was just kind of like I, I didn't feel like tension because of the predators coming out. I felt like I could handle them all the time. It's, well, and one of them, the, the last card was one, labeled incorrectly too. Right. The card itself. Right, because there was like an earlier edition of the of the card or the rule book stated things something differently. Yeah. And the card was now labeled incorrectly because of it. Right. So it's just there's so, and weird we had to look it up to online. It. So I don't know. Meh. Yeah, I mean this is this is one that's in my collection right now, and I'm probably gonna put it on my trade list. If anybody wants it, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have all the cards. I I had to wait to get them. Yep. Upper Deck did a great job of sending those out. It just took six weeks. I will say positive things. Okay. I, I still love the mats that they give you with those games. Those play mats are cool. The play mats are great. Yeah. So. They give you basically an upgraded play mat. And that one had a good box that the play mat actually fits in. <laughs> as opposed to. As opposed to Big Trouble in Little China. The mat doesn't fit in the box right. The more I keep thinking about Legendary Big Trouble in Little China, the more I'm just disappointed in that game. I think they could have done a better job with it. That's for sure. I think the theme is the only thing that's got any kind of fun for me. Yeah. That's it. And they screwed up the Beyond box that, even. It's just not I mean, even come on. Good... How hard is it to get a box the right size to fit the <laughs> I'm mat? I'm afraid it's not even that good of a legendary game at all. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, we're not legendary, talking about that tonight. Legendary Predator Encounter. It's it's okay. I would recommend the original Legendary over it. Yeah. Marvel Legendary. I'd over re that. recommend Aliens. I would Alien. still just recommend Legendary Encounters Alien over any of them. Anyways. Yeah, that one's amazing. And they're coming out with that expansion, so there that'll you be go. fun. All right. Well, Nicole, that's all we're going to talk about because we got a whole lot of stuff to cover in this episode. Let's talk faster. Okay. So let's get to uh, our peaked interest. Uh, listener Daniel came up with a law that stated, for a, a, he says, for a touch of evil, I came up with a variation of Fred's law. If a game is too random, lucky or otherwise, it removes player agency uh, the story it creates must be entertaining enough to justify the game. A theme itself will never justify a game for me. So his, 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 uh... Oh, good grief, there's math tonight? His law is story is greater than theme plus luck equals good. Oof. Uh, that led me to ask the question, uh, what is your favorite game you play that is fun, but depends wholly on your group to make it entertaining? Whew. Wow. Would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. Wish I wasn't plural during that little jingle. Uh, plural? <laughs> it says, here's some peaked interests. Anyways, uh, Rodney was the first person who jumped in. <laughs> I think we had a different concept of what peaked right. interest was going to be. 
Rodney jumped in first with no elaboration at all. He simply said betrayal at the house, at House on the Hill. And I get it. Because yeah. we've had, we've experienced this more than once, where if the wrong player becomes the betrayer, or that the, that it's not balanced, they don't understand the rules right, they can't check with anybody, they don't want to make a call on it, they don't understand the whole game rules, you know? Yeah. It screws up everything. It just really becomes an imbalanced situation. It's right. fun. It seems light to a hobby gamer, but if someone who's not experienced gets that betrayer position, it's the game over. is almost doomed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, we've experienced that more than once. Uh, Brendan added the resistance, saying that with the right group, this game works really well. With uh, people unwilling to engage in the story and try to hash it out, it becomes a total dud. Now, <clears throat> Resistance, I played like a... Uh, I, always, I always like Resistance. I always have a fond memory of, of breaking it out the first time at a New Year's Eve party and playing it ten times in one night with mm -hmm. random groups of people. And I saw that game succeed almost every time. And I, and I still think it's... I, I, Personally, I still like it the best as a, a werewolf alternative. Yeah. I think it's the best one out there still. It plays real simply. I do think it kind of weighs a little bit in the favor of the resistance. Yeah. The people who are like sabotaging the, the, the missions. So, <clears throat> but I, I still think it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as people getting into the game and, and making it more fun, I, I think that... Uh, I don't know. Every every time I'd see a group of random people, they would. I mean, I guess there could have been like people who were more vocal and stuff like that. But for the most part, you get a mix. Some people are really vocal and always try to over talk everything, and some people like go into their little turtle shells and won't say anything. And it's just you need that mix. But yeah. I I'd say it's probably more fun with more people that are outspoken. You're probably right. Yeah, just it I, does I've depend seen... on your group. If you have a whole bunch of people right. that aren't going to talk. Man. Right, I don't need a, a whole group of poker face, and I'm trying to guess <laughs> what's going on, you know? Right. <clears throat> he also mentioned uh, Machina Death, the game of creative assassination. Um, he says it's a goofy game that requires a fair amount of creativity from players, which means that it really falls flat for people who fail to get into it. Now, yeah. I, I don't know Machina Death, but I do know that we have uh, heard the same thing about Snake Oil, where you're trying to combine two, like a, a person you're selling to and a... Uh, weird device you're selling to that person and trying to modify a sales pitch to sell to like let's say you know you're selling a fly swatter to a cowboy or something like that mm -hmm. and you do a sales pitch uh, based on that uh, we have one called but wait there's more that is I, I think is is fun but I could see how it'd fall flat but when we played it, it was we were really lucky to have a great group with us yeah I mean, everybody really got into their sales pitches and really tried hard. Some people were definitely funnier than others. But <laughs> right. It was obvious that some people normal. were better at the sales pitch than other people. Like, right. Like two but or everybody, three people really just kind of... Everybody tried really hard. <laughs> right. It was still fun. Still fun. But uh, <clears throat> I've had people actually say, I don't really want to play Snake Oil that much because I, I don't feel like being creative, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they, obviously, there, there are that kind of kind of uh, gamers out there that don't want to put it out there and try to be creative, especially in a competitive kind of situation either. Yeah. Gets intimidating. Uh, Daniel said, and this is pretty long, but he loves this, so he always has to argue for it. <clears throat> he said, Cosmic Encounter, 
arguably his favorite game, which is funny because he, he seems to like really mechanical games. And this is it's funny that this is his favorite to me. I don't know why I always like that. Uh, and uh, he needs a group willing to use the system for both diplomacy and war. And most often, the game will fall flat with a group that sees it strictly as one or the other. From a diplomatic aspect, everyone will make easy deals every chance they get and readily create and maintain alliances with everyone at the table who's not currently under attack. And who is under attack is decidedly pure, purely by card draw. Or decided purely by card draw. So the game is quickly o or is over quickly and the losers are angry because the card draw just decided that they got fewer chances to ally. Uh, for a war game, it comes down to what attack value cards players have in their hand, which again is random. Not to mention these attack cards go from 0 to 40. 0 to 40, again it falls into the randomness of what cards you were lucky enough to draw versus the luck of your opponent. You have to do both. Backstab, drive a hard bargain, lead some of your allies to the slaughter, rally to support against the leader, pretend you're not holding a trump card, and pretend you're holding a trump card, calculate the win to the final victory by one strength, glorious. <laughs> uh, both time we played this game, <coughs> a game we own, and we've never played our copy. Not once. Both time we played it, it was with Daniel. And one was a simply just a, I mean, it was it diplomacy? Because I think it was. The first time we played, I don't know. It was over like that. It was just right. Dumb. We we had eight people in the game, and I was at seat number five, and you were at seat number six, and it got to seat number four, and the game was over. Right. And and we barely felt like we got to play the game. We Obviously, didn't. well, yeah, because we never got a turn. But technically, you're you're playing turns. You're playing actions on everyone else's turn because they're like, I'm gonna invade this planet. Who wants to help me? And you can volunteer to help. And you kind of have finite resources, you know, but I mean, obviously they come back. So it's this weird game of temporarily winning, you know, each little situation. And then once, you know, once you get into a position where you can win, everyone kind of has to rally against you. But this game also has this weird thing to it that he didn't mention, which is there's like, at this point, like 200 aliens with individual powers in the game. And if you're a new player to this, and you don't know all those alien powers by heart, when you go around the table, people read their powers, and it just goes in one ear and right out the other. Yeah. Because you cannot remember eight people's individual powers and exactly how they work around the whole table. You know? And I <clears throat> I just kind of sit there and, like, I don't know, I feel kind of helpless in the game a lot, even though I won the last game we played of it. <clears throat> I don't know. But why did I win? Because they were cheating. Because, because two of the players cheated... Because they had it in for Daniel, and they wanted Daniel to lose, and they threw the game and let me win. Right. So I'm still waiting for the perfect group of this. Yeah. <laughs> to make this game amazing, as Daniel loves it so much. And I just kind of, uh, it's okay. I don't hate it. I would say it's, you know, it's it's a fine game. It doesn't last, overstay its welcome usually, and I don't know. I don't know. It feels <laughs> daunting to me. <clears throat> it's just, it's really Wild West feeling. Yeah. You know? Uh, David said, my wife and I had a D&D &D group a long time ago, but after children and friends moved away, we didn't play for years. But about this time last year, we had friends over and they all saw the old D&D &D stuff gathering dust. Said they had always wanted to try, but never had the opportunity. Really wasn't wanting to play at all, but they talked to, talked me to DMing. We ended up having a blast and laughing a lot. I will only play with them. A very unusual D&D &D party. My wife and two, uh, two of my sons and a husband and wife and their son and daughter. My wife's best friend and her daughter. That's a That's big group. That's a lot group. of people. <laughs> That's a big group. I got lost. Uh, I find that D&D &D games 
and especially role-playing games in general, go really, really well in a one-shot situation, which is just a single-session game where you say, we're going to play this. It's going to take this many hours, approximately, and when we get done, we're done. Right. If you do that, you kind of are willing to go all out, both as a player and as a DM. You throw all those kind of reservations about what could happen to the storyline and what could happen to the players' characters, you know, because if they die, they go home an hour early tonight. They don't have to suffer with something for the next three years like it took to play through D&D 4th Ed. So <clears throat> I'm just saying, it, it single-shot role-playing games seem to go really well. I don't know how often David plays, but he's, he seemed like he had a really, really good time. And especially with the big group, he got a lot of voices in. And if everybody's kind of like feeding off each other, it gives more more of a chance. The smaller the group, the less people play off each other. It yeah. just happens. So that's a pretty good one. Dungeons and Dragons. I would say role-playing games are always dependent on group to be fun. I should never be part of that group. <clears throat> What? I'm not good at them. I don't like them. All right. Well, Ray said, my game would be Game of Thrones, the board game. First game of it, the Stark to my Lannister formed an alliance with me against the Greyjoys, and next turn attacked me out of boredom, which wrecked any chance for him winning. Aw. <clears throat> I think you, he says, he says I think uh, you need people who will form an, an end alliance, and even if it means just to offer a single well-placed support token to further your aims, he says, like Cosmic, if a game is strictly played in a mechanical sense, it loses what makes it a great experience. And he says, this is a great game when you can turn wife against her husband by just a few well-placed quips. Nicole is going after me in every game from the start, just so you guys know. Whatever. <laughs> every single game. Okay, yeah. If we're on the same true. team, she's going to try to do better than me on the team that we're cooperating on. <laughs> I don't win against you all the time. Like that, a lot of times. What? Sometimes I do. Right. But when it counts, you'll one-up me somehow. <clears throat> I go after my wife all the time. <laughs> I just I just know, sometimes I can, you know, especially because I've played games with her a lot. So if I know going into the game, if I get that, that little taste on the tip of my tongue that, that she's going to do really well at this game, I will start right out of the gate going after her. Just doing little subtle things to kind of slow her down. Thanks. But I've done the same thing with Brianna. I've played enough with her that I, I can tell you games. We'll end games, and I'll say, if Brianna played this against us, she would have won. Yeah. <clears throat> We've said that before and had her not win, though. I don't ever say that with Matt. Oh, poor Matt. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Matt. <clears throat> you know what game Matt beats me at? What? Well, he didn't beat me last time, but he's beat me twice before. What? Vegas Showdown. Oh, that's a good game. He beats me at that one. Yeah. He, he gets those little triangle corner symbols on the tiles. Ah, right, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Well, Nicole, let's do this. Let's do our top five games that we think that have to have the right group in order to make them fun. I think I'm going to blow you away with my answers. Oh, probably. You want me to start? Sure. Because <clears throat> I start really low. Okay. I think Munchkin wow. has to have the right group of people to be fun. Really? Yes. You think that game can be fun? I think that it's not very <laughs> much fun, especially if you don't have people... With a very, you know, you know, pa like, you know, full past in role-playing games to understand all the little jokes and all the fun. Because there's tons of little humorous things in that game. And when I'm watching you guys play cards, and I'm watching you and Matt and whatever that girl's name was he was dating at the time, <laughs> playing cards, you're not getting any of the jokes that I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of the jokes. Well, I'm saying there's like specific jokes, like the titles of some of the stuff are direct 
jokes about certain creatures in this role-playing game or that role-playing game. And I've actually read the book, The Munchkin's Guide to, to Gaming. Oh, wow. So I've, I've gone, like, beyond. That, that preceded Munchkin the card game. Wow. <laughs> so... I think I think Munchkin personally I, I don't find it a very fun game but I think it's only really enhanced if you have the right group. Okay. <clears throat> Go ahead Nicole. Okay, one that we haven't even played yet. Right. That I I'm I would like to play but I know you got to have the right group for it. Spartacus. Really? Yeah, cuz everything I've read about it and that you've told me about it it sounds like it's really down and dirty. You're gonna screw over your friends. There is going to be a tipping point where it has to happen. And on top of it, it's got like some cards, <coughs> oops, some cards that are like pretty inappropriate, it sounds like too. Oh, it's R-rated. Yeah. And, so uh, it the, probably won't get played. There is there is a moment in that game where you're going to have to stab someone in the back to take the victory. Right. And so a lot of people just do not play well like that. It's a weird game where you're playing to like seven points. It's like that. I mean, it's like you're playing to seven points and we're going to do the short game. So it only takes 90 minutes. So we're going to start at three points apiece. Weird. You know, and it's it's like that. And when you're at, it's once again, sort of like cosmic where you see someone's at six points. Now, no one wants to deal with them, but there's cards out there and there's these treacherous things you can do to each other that can force people into giving you that point. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> so yeah. Spartacus, I think it'd be fun. Spartacus needs a group that trusts each other and is and is balanced and understands that there's just another game around the corner to play. Right. That's and none trick. of it's personal. Right. That the game so is going get to over end it. and someone's going to win and it's not going to feel right. Yeah. That being said, I still don't like Alcatraz's scapegoat board game. <laughs> yeah. That that had that that had like just the one person getting right. backstabbed, though. Right, that's, that's though. the co-op game where you play, oh, we're going to play a five-player game, so four of us are going to win. Yeah. That's the truth, because one of you is going to be the scapegoat. Yeah, I don't like that one. Terrible game. My uh, number four is Cards Against Humanity. Hey, that's on my list, too, so we'll just call it my number four. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cards Against Humanity is, yes, it's a stupid game. Yeah. It's, it's apples to apples with naughty words, and mm-hmm. there's naughty phrases and when you read the naughty phrases, they are really funny the first time you read them, and the 20th time you read them, you don't care. However, if you're playing with somebody that's, that's you know, willing to go into the toilet right. humor, and they've never played it before, right? you can really have a lot of fun playing it, right. just enjoying their responses. I think the right group for this is a group who's never played it before playing with you again. Right. That's the only that's way true. it's good. Because if and you people... play with the same group on the twentieth time you play it, you're like, "This is a terrible game." Well, you can't you can't play it over and over again with right. the same group. You just can't. Right. But it... I think I think the best group is a brand new group who's never touched it before because yeah. they will be they will be so amazed that a card game can make them laugh this hard. Right. Because that's what it did to me the first time I played it. You know. Mm-hmm. And then I played it with two different uh, stranger groups on shows, and everyone was just like, "What's the name of that game? I want to get that game." Right. And I'm sure all of them have a dust-coated copy of Cards that Against they Humanity. Played at like this half point. a time. Right. <clears throat> so, what's your? I guess Cards, is, is yep. it mine again yep. now? Number three. Uh-huh. Uh, Dungeon Quest. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Dungeon Quest is. I've talked about this before. It's it's a game that you are going to die. And the right group of people understands that you don't always finish a game, that you could lose, and that losing is sometimes fun for everybody. 
like seeing you lose and laughing at you when you go onto the first tile and your character dies and you're eliminated from the game and then you go in the kitchen and have some snacks <laughs> and come back every once in a while and laugh when you hear that somebody else died. Right. That's what this game is. And then you you revel in the the luck that this person has, you know, or the luck that you've had, that you've made it all the way to the dragon's lair, you know, to steal treasure and are now making your way out. You have to just sit there and just love the moment, the highs and the lows of that game and just realize that they're always extreme, mm-hmm. you know? Like okay. when you you and I played it, you fell in a hole right off the bat and you were climbing around in catacombs and couldn't find your way out. I died like three tiles. No, I went three tiles in, turned around and ran out of the place. And you went all the way to the dragon's horde and then came, then you turned right around and fell back into the catacombs again and died. But that was our game. Yeah. But it was still, it was amazing. I couldn't believe that you had gained so much treasure and you were going to win if you could get out and you couldn't get out. Of course not. <laughs> so dungeon quest. Okay. Uh, my number, what are you on? Three? Yep. Uh, we'll go with witness. Witness. What? I, no, don't even. Okay. <laughs> Witness is a four-player game, exclusively four players. Right. It you plays can't play four to it. four. <laughs> yeah. You can't play it with any other number of players. And Coolest it's, game ever. It's weird. It's like it's like you've got a little mystery going on, and you play the telephone game. So you have part of the information, and you right. whisper it to someone else, and they have part of the information, and... Right, because you have these four little clue books, uh-huh. and everybody has different clues in their clue book, and is playing a different character or clue book mm-hmm. than the other person. And then you have to relay information to each other. Right. So you, but you have to remember because you you get a chance to look at the clue book, and then you have to whisper the information, and then that's right. it. Like you don't get to take notes and stuff, do you? No, you have to keep it all in your mind. Yeah. So by the end of it, you're supposed to remember all the information that like three different people told you, yeah. and then come to a conclusion. Well, we played like the first two and it was like, we did the first one we didn't do great. And the second one seemed the same level of difficulty to me because there's 50 puzzles in this, I Mm -hmm. think. We played the second one and we somehow completely failed. Because someone, Matt, couldn't (laughs) remember anything. He, I, I don't know what mistake he made, but I there was something know. wrong. He kept screwing something but up. I think Brianna got something wrong, too, on like her second clue. But Matt's first clue was like wrong, whispered to Brianna, and Brianna then remembered it wrong. And it was just... Wrong. Everything was just, everything a was mess. just wrong, yeah. Once it derails, everything's a mess, Yeah, you know? And none of us were really having... Well, I think you were having a little bit of fun. Oh, I was absolutely adoring that game. I know, but it was the... I, I'm, Matt, Brianna, love you guys. That is a terrible game for the four of us to play. It probably won't happen again. We got to find a different couple for that one. Oh, sorry. Come on. It was not good. It was. I had a blast playing that game. <sighs> I had so much fun. I'm willing to give it another shot, but did our light just go out? Nope, it's been out. Okay, sorry. All right, number two, I say Space Cadets. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Space Cadets uh, is a. It's it's a kind of a it's another cooperative game, and you play it plays up to seven people, two to seven. And if you're playing seven players, that's the right group because you want to have everybody in their own position because you're all a crew member on a starship and you're doing these like actions like to try to move. You have a, you have a little star map and a little ship on the map and you have like each person has their own little like dashboard of whatever 
kind of action they're supposed to do and everything's different like if you're the guy who's shooting torpedoes you flip a little disc down this little cardboard shuffleboard and try to land it in a certain area so you do the most damage and you know uh another guy's trying to remember playing a matching memory game and flipping tiles face up and can only do it a certain number of times uh-huh. to try to remember everything to t- and another guy's trying to uh, turn on shields in certain areas, you know, and, and make sure that the shields are up in the right way. And then another guy's like trying to control the engines and, and navigate through the star system at the same time, you know. Another guy's trying to build a torpedo to put into the launch tube so the other guy can launch the disc in the next turn, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool because you're doing all of this under these timed conditions and under these limited resources. So it's <clears throat> it's pretty stressful. And we played it. In a, in this, this one also needs the right environment because we played it at a noisy party and it fell flat on its face because no one could hear anything what was going on and it just didn't do very well. I could tell that no one was having that much fun. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of finished the game and was like, yeah, I guess that was okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was the wrong group. Mm-hmm. You and I then played a four-player game with Sam and Noah and it was a completely different experience. Yeah. Because those guys could hear, everybody could hear really well and both those kids are really smart. So <clears throat> we won the game and we did it by the, you know, just by the skin of our teeth. You know, we kind of got over the line and shot into hyperspace away from the big bad guy. And it was super fun. Yeah. That's where that game shines. But you have to have, you have to have people who really enjoy puzzles for one and work good under stressful conditions. And even at that case, even if you have that in line, you're still going to barely win this game. It's still fun. Yeah. That was a good one. Space Cadets is a great game. It really is. But mm-hmm. you've got to have the right group. You yeah. Know? The right number. Right. If you have seven. Because <laughs> whatever the maximum it is, that's what you want to play. Because everyone's got to be... I thought it in... was eight. Maybe it's eight. I don't know. <clears throat> but you have, to, you have to have the maximum number so that everybody gets their own position and they don't right. have anybody having to double up on stuff. Because, you know, when you play less people, you're now having to do more rounds with each of you working different positions and stuff, and it ends up just taking longer. Right. You know, and you want to yell at each other and, and you know, get you, people will be saying stuff like, I need this to do this, and I need that to do this during the course of it, you know, and trying to, yeah, it's just, I don't know. The game's fun. <laughs> what a good time. All right. Right group, though. My number two is yeah. Escape the Curse of the Temple. Oh, really? Yes. What kind of group do you need for that? Okay, you need people that are going to be the right level of yelling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because some people go a little crazy, and some people you can't even tell that they need help. Basically, with this game, you're you're all simultaneously rolling dice right. to roll certain symbols to progress through the temple and capture the keys or the whatever it is, the treasures, and then get back out. Well, there's like a there's like a barrier or something at the very end of it, and you have to have a certain number of jewels to right. reduce the barrier to a level that you can even roll the dice combination to get through. But your dice can get locked up in the meantime. Right. And if your dice get locked up, then other people, you can you can go off of other people's rolls. So if my dice are locked up, I can, you can be like, I'm locked up. And if somebody else else says, like, I have, what is it that you have to get to get unlocked? Like is little, it a key? There's little black masks that lock the die, and there's little golden masks, I think, that unlock them or something like that. Well, whatever. But they, like, they'll roll what, what you need, and they'll be like, okay, I got it. You're unlocked. And... For one, you also have to be able to trust everybody else that's in it to not right. be cheating. Right. Because I think I think 
more than once. People have just like been whatever. Let's just get through well, it. It's and frantic. Cheat it. The the game has a frantic timer, and it just it makes you you know your pulse kind of go, and you you see people make mistakes. Yeah. I don't know if they're not consciously cheating so much as I just see them. And if someone says, I got an unlock, two people at the table might just pick their dice up and start rolling. Right. Even though only one of them was supposed to be unlocked. Right. Uh, and also, I just see people scoop up their dice because they're trying to roll them so fast. I'll see a black mask in their die and they'll scoop it up and I don't see them stop. Right. They just continue going. They don't go, oops, I made a mistake. They just keep going because it's frantic and nobody noticed anyways. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tr- <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be the right group. I don't know. Some people annoy me with that game. I think less is better on that game. I think so, too. I, I think you need to play, once again, quiet settings so you can hear the soundtrack well. Yeah. And I think it needs to be Because it does probably, have a soundtrack. I, I would say four or less. Yeah, definitely. Personally and even then, you got to be careful. Right. Uh, my number one, Galaxy Trucker. Oh, okay. I think uh, Galaxy Trucker is this weird game where you build a ship under time constraints again... And you have to, and there's this real specific rule about this pile of tiles that are all ship parts in the middle. And you're trying to build this ship based on this template in front of you. And you pick up a tile, you have to pick it up face down, move it over your ship. At that point, you can turn it face up and look at it. With one hand, you can only do this. You can't do it with two. At that point, you can decide if you want it, you have to place it on your ship. If you don't, you flip it back, you put it back face up in the middle so other people can see it. And you go through all the tiles like that, and you're building these big ships. Now, you spend all this time and effort and under these stressful conditions to build this ship, and you want it to be just right. Well, fact of the matter is, is you can't build it just right. Because there's all sorts of obstacles that come at you from all sides. Mm -hmm. So... Even having a shield generator that generates shields on all sides, you might not have enough energy to run it. Or asteroids come from this side where you don't have shields, but you have guns on all the spaces but that space. And that's the space the asteroid comes in on. Right. And this perfectly made ship that's going to get you through this next series of missions and encounters will just get annihilated sometimes. And there's, it's not your fault. It's just the game has a random element to it. Yeah. Some people get so furious about that, they'll just, they'll practically flip the table Mm -hmm. as they watch their ship that was so perfectly planned and they thought, this is the best ship I've ever built. The only place, the only weak spot is right here. And honestly, there's no way unless someone uses the force, they can put an asteroid down that hole (laughs) and they put an asteroid down that hole. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, I, I, that's why I think it just needs a real specific mentality of person that can, that can deal with that and say... No, this isn't this isn't a perfect game. I built a great ship, but this might just completely go to, to you know <clears throat> go to crap immediately. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Galaxy Trucker needs All the right. right people to make it fun. Okay. My number one? Yeah. Dixit. Dixit. Yeah. I think that game's a real uh, tender balance of because basically with Dixit you've got all these cards that are like pictures and no words, just pictures. And everybody's got their little hand of cards, and you have to describe uh, a card. Right. And everybody submits a card, and then based on that description, and then they have to guess if it's the right card or... What are you doing? No, just keep going. You're freaking me out. You're, like, looking at weird things. So you have to decide if that's the... uh, If that was a card that you chose 
And if everybody guesses that it's yours, you don't get any points. But if only if no one guesses, then you don't get any points. So you want to balance, you know, some people guessing and some people not. Right. And I found that the problem with that is like we played it again with Matt and some girl he was dating. And the three (laughs) of us know each other really well. And this girl, we didn't know her. She didn't know us. Right. Right. And it just kind of broke the game almost. So you, I think she had no hope because we, we could meta exactly what we knew she wouldn't know between the three of us. And then we were able to just kind of exclude her and score points. And then I could, and Nicole, I know much better than Matt. And I could use jokes like an inside information between the two of us. So then we're further excluding Matt. So now his, his lady date and himself we're, we're completely out. And then it was down to pretty much he was either giving you an inside joke or me an inside joke, mostly you. Right. And so I, I was doomed. <laughs> and that, well, that girl was doomed. <laughs> right. She was doomed the most. Matt yeah. was doomed second and I was doomed the third. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those games that I think you either have to play with all people who know each other really well or people that don't know each other at all. Right. Because I think if you have a mixture of the two, you break the game. Right. I, I felt like it was kind of broken. It made right. me not, not enjoy it quite as much. And I a, think it could it be a be really a much, fun game. Yeah, it'd be a much... I think it'd be a much more interesting game if you played by yourself with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And, they, and, and everyone in the group was strangers. Yeah. That would be the best situation, I think. The best group to play Dixit. Yeah. Although yeah. I'd still... I'd like to play it with, you know, you, me, Matt, and Brianna, because we know her really well. We now. destroy them. Well, of course. <laughs> We're awesome. <laughs> High five. Nicole. ridiculous all right well nicole thank you for working on this with me uh let's further cooperate when we play this five for five finale you wanted the finale you got the finale the final game in the series five four five one two three four All right, this week we played Warhammer Quest the Adventure Card Game, which was released in the fall of 2015, and naturally, the Warhammer setting is licensed from Games Workshop and is a re-implementation of the Dungeon Crawl Classic in card form. This game supports one to four players and features four different playable characters, six included adventures, the one we play today is a single game dungeon delve, and five of them are meant to be played in order to make a campaign that we will not spoil. To begin with, each player chooses between a dwarf ironbreaker, like a fighter, a human warrior priest, a cleric, an elven waywatcher or ranger, and a human bright wizard. The difference between the four is ranged versus melee attack, which legendary items are available to them, the amount of hit points, and the specific effect of their four action cards. The four player action cards are how you interact with the game. Each turn you will exhaust one of your actions by turning it sideways to get the effect of the card. The cards are Attack, Rest, Aid, and Explore, and all four of these will be in front of you next to your character card. After activating the action, you pick up the number of white dice shown on the card plus one black die for each enemy engaged with you, and you roll them. The the white dice reward you with successes and defenses. The black one give you damage and nemesis, like like sort of the boss of the current level, effects which is usually like a bad thing, mostly more damage. Once one of the four action cards is used, it cannot be used again until the character-specific reset action card is used and resets itself and all other action cards. This reset card is is a different action for each of the four included characters. 
An example of how action cards differ would be this. The Priest and the Iron Breaker, Breaker are both melee attackers. However, when the Iron Breaker attacks, he can force two opponents to engage with him. That's in other words, taking them from other areas and making them fight him. And he can target two enemies. When the Priest, with his damage, when the priest attacks, he can engage only one enemy, and by exhausting another one of his action cards, he may target a second enemy, and he has one success automatically applied to his, to his attack. <clears throat> now, each game places the newly found party into a dangerous setting and against a common foe. These locations usually have negative effects at the end of the round and an exploration cost in an enemy list. The enemies in the newly traveled to location are populated from an enemy deck. These enemies are placed either in front of or enga in, and engaged with the player or in the center of, the two of all the players in a face-down area called the Shadows. Enemies there are engaged with no one. Players spend their turns attacking enemies, helping each other by aid, giving aid actions and giving success tokens to them. Exploring adds uh, success tokens to the location card and, and the chance to find valuable treasures, and resting regains your hit points. Enemies still alive after the player's turns will attack the characters they are engaged with, wounding automatically. Then, an end-of-turn effect from the location will activate, something like healing the enemies or removing exploration tokens from the location. To get through the adventure, the group must explore the location, placing loca exploration tokens on the card until the explore number is met. The group may then travel after the act action phase to a new location, leaving enemies in the shadows behind and bringing engaged ones along. New enemies are placed and new exploration begins. The adventure card for each mission gives details of the story, setup instructions, and goal to follow along. Each experience pays well in this game, allowing the upgrade of your basic action cards, new items, and upgrade the current amount of gear that you can carry. A lot of adventure in a small box. Gather your gear, adventurers, listeners, for evil has come, and the time for action is now. All right, so here we are. We're playing our final game of Warhammer Quest now. We've, of course, already played the campaign. We're not going to reveal any of that, but here we are uh, playing a dungeon delve. This is just a one of a, one of many different delves you could probably end up with in the game. So uh, we've got uh, Nicole's playing the Way, Way Watcher. She's a female elf archer kind of person. Way Watcher, <coughs> right? Right. And I'm playing the warrior priest. I am a thug-looking man with a very tight-fitting headband, it looks like. I can't see. A bald see. fellow with a tight-fitting headband. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's All like right. his head's bulging out of his I headband. Know. Gross. Uh, we are playing the two-player version of the game. So once again, I don't know if I mentioned before, we get to activate each of our heroes twice during each phase because the game is designed to be a four-player adventure. Correct. Um, we are on the delve and we'll read everything about it here. This is what it says. And this is what it would say if you were playing one of many delves that you can do. This is a repeatable quest, so it's not exactly story driven. Okay. Uh, tales of wealth and endless glory brought you to this cursed place. But thus far, you have found only crum the crumbling remains of other adventurers foolish enough to believe in the rumors. Uh, the map you have sketched during your prog progress defies all reason, twisting upon itself from impossible directions. And unseen creatures, uh, 
as unseen creatures scurry around the edge of your torch's light, you press on with the increasingly vain hope of finding a way out. So it sounds like we find ourselves lost in some sort of adventure cavern kind of place. Hmm. <clears throat> okay, so we start off. I'm going to draw the top uh, card from the location deck. We have, uh, it looks like, what is it? <clears throat> Five, ten, ten steps approximately on our peril track before we get out. But it looks like it resets kind of a couple of times, but we'll deal with that when we come to it. Okay. Um, the first location in our location deck is Throng of Webs. Thick webs choke the area. This is a cave. Thick webs choke the area, threatening to ensure any interlopers as, or ensnare, sorry, <laughs> in the interlopers as easily as flies, rats, goblins, and horses these spiders seem to feed upon. Horses? At, yeah, it says so. feed on These horses. are really big spiders. Apparently. So at the end of the location phase, the party leader will have to exhaust one uh, action. Okay. We get one guy uh, engaged with me. A rat swarm has come to fight my warrior priest in the throng of webs. And three uh, enemies in the shadows. <coughs> Sorry. Gracious. Three enemies in the shadows. Right. Uh, seven uh, explore tokens to get through this. Okay. I to am get the, through the web? Right, okay. to get through this location. I am the first player. Right. So obviously we have to explore to get through this. Uh, I do have to fight some rats, so I think I'm going to go ahead and attack these rats. Okay. I'm just not going to mess around. Uh, my attack, I uh, use soul fire. I've got one guy engaged with me, which means he's going to get one die against me. I get my dies back. Let's see. Okay. I did get a shield here in my first roll, so I defend against his attack. I get two successes. That is not enough to defeat him. So I only do two points of damage on the rats. Uh, you know, and it says, here's the color, the the, uh, the speech on the, on the card here says, Most cities in the Empire have a bounty on rat tails. Rat catchers make, can make a surprisingly good living if they can avoid, avoid being devoured. So there you go. I avoided being devoured, but Why I Why would anybody pay for rat tails? Oh, uh, before this action, I may exhaust another action to target one additional enemy and apply plus one. I should have done that. Why? Because I could have killed him. But it's I didn't too do late that. now. All right, it's too late now. I didn't do it. Silly me. You didn't even answer my question about the rat tails. <clears throat> What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Why would they give you a bounty for rat tails? Because they want you to get rid of them. Do you know what a scheme you could pull if that were the case? Do you know how fat, how fast rats procreate? Oh, you're saying grow your own rats and just chop just tails chop off? Just chop tails <laughs> off. That's horrific. Heck yeah. Your turn. What? I'm evil. Um, I am going to explore then because my attack resets me and I have no one engaged with me. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to explore. So I get to roll three dice. Okay. I don't have to roll any of those black dice. For those of you playing at home, we just want to let you know we are using the advanced cards on our characters. Yeah, because it just seemed more interesting. <clears throat> All right, so I have three successes, so... So three little three. success chips go there. Okay, and I draw ways. and resolve one dungeon card. There it is, you. There you go. I have explosive charges. You may discard this card after a hero's activation to choose an engagement zone. Each enemy in that zone suffers one damage. Okay. Well, I could just do that and I'll You want to do it. that? You can yeah, do it I'm right going to save it. What Go if... ahead. Well, yeah. Okay. You want to. Okay. I'm doing that. So, so you... 
Throw out damage. explosive charges. Now these damage. all get revealed when you damage them. Oh. Damage. Okay. It doesn't right. really matter that much. But uh so we have a skeletal horde on the table, another skeletal horde, and a clan rat. And the clan rat dies. Oh boom. Too bad. Squeak, 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 squeak. And here's my explosive charges. Oh wait. No, there's no treasure. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I may exhaust one non non nemesis enemy in play. In play. So so the rats is he the worst one? <laughs> He's the only one with an inflict. So these other guys will just advance okay, go on ahead you and, and clog you up, but this guy will inflict. So. Okay. Done. Okay. Um, I am going to then... Hmm. I think I'm going to explore as well. Because I know I realize that this is a race to get through this. To get deck. through the, the locations? <laughs> right. So Why are you busy killing things then? By exhausting them, I don't have to uh, do anything. I've hit two crits and a success, so I'm re-rolling my crits now. So that's three successes. Four. Ooh. I rolled another one. Four successes. So I put all four onto our throng of webs, and we will be leaving this location after this. So put four location, uh, four successes on there. <coughs> the other thing I get to do is I get to draw and resolve a dungeon card, which I do. Uh, I get an event called a little nudge. A stone column appears ready to fall at the slightest provocation. Perhaps you could have used this to your advantage. Or you could use this to your advantage. I can exhaust one action, choose one enemy in the shadow, and they suffer two damage. So I will. I'll Why exhaust not? my aid card, and that gives two damage to the skeletal horde, one of the two of them, and it takes them out. Nice. So we still... We only have like two enemies. Right. Uh, that did not have a treasure on it, so that would be that. But okay. then the other thing I get to do is distribute two success tokens among the party, and there's only one other person in the party. That's you. So I, I get two success tokens on whatever say, I want? It does say among the party, so I am part of the party. I could put them on mine as well. But I don't really need to. You, you just put two success tokens down somewhere, I don't care, on your attack. Might as well, because that's what I'm doing next. <clears throat> right. It's my, it's my turn, okay. right? Your turn. All right, well, I'm going to attack. Okay. Well, it says I can only engage one enemy, though. You don't have a way to engage another one? It just says one, so I'll engage this guy. But it doesn't matter because you I... Engaging means pulling him right in front of you. You don't have to engage anybody. You can just shoot. You're right, ranged. I've got a range. So, so before this everybody. action, I can target up to two enemies. Right, so you get to target both enemies. <clears throat> okay, well, then I'll just do that, and I don't even have to roll anybody in front of me, but I only get two dice. I know, it's your reset card. Mm -hmm. And I had one success plus a crit, so that's two successes. Two. Oh, three, there's three with another critical. crit. Three. three. Three is all you need to take out everybody on the table. This guy has one left and that guy has two. Oh, well, dead, dead, so and dead. So you take out both the rat swarm and... Oh, and, plus, and you didn't even have to use my tokens. No, <laughs> I get to keep those. Okay. And I get to ready all of my actions. Okay. I would recover two hit points, but I'm not damaged. All right, that's the end of our turn. It's now the enemy phase. Okay. There are no enemies on the table. Ha ha. We uh, go to the location phase. Uh, it says what? At the end of the... Oh, I can't read it like okay, that. Okay, because at the beginning of the location phase, we travel, so it goes away. Oh. So we don't need to pay attention to an at the end of, and we now leave the throng of webs and go into the fungal patch cave. Gross. <laughs> Mushrooms of various shapes and sizes grow wildly upon the ground here. Some are delicious and nutritious. Most are... Poisonous. Not. Mm. 
Uh, at this one not says, venomous. At the end no, of the location kidding. phase, the party leader will roll one enemy die, and on a slash, they become sickened. So that that is going to be uh, right now. What? At the end of the location phase, because we traveled at the beginning of the location phase, and so now it's the end of the location phase, and we will be doing this. Uh, three guys come out, uh, starting with the lead player, which is me. So I get engaged by a gigantic spider. Nicole gets engaged by a giant wolf. And then I get engaged by a night goblin archer. One enemy goes face down into the shadows. <clears throat> so then we roll a enemy die. Nothing. Nice. So nothing happens to me. And we're, we pass the player marker and put the peril track up one, which causes nothing to happen yet. And it is Nicole's turn. <clears throat> Waywatcher. All right. Do your worst. Well... I think I'm going to explore first. Yeah. So go for it. All right. I'm going for it. You got one engaged enemy, so she has to roll an enemy die at the same time. And, oh, Oh, a nemesis. What The nemesis is Otis, Odious Grump right now is in the nemesis pile. You have to distribute two wounds among the party. Well, I'll take one. You take one. Fine with me. Seems even. I'll take okay. it. Um, but then I have two successes and a crit, so I get to re-roll so at three so far. Four successes. Right, and you had a shield, so you block the wolf's attack. Because the wolf hit with one. Why would it hit? I thought you rolled uh, the slash and this. No, I only rolled, rolled the, one. the one die. Okay, then never mind. I know. But anyhow, four? Mm -hmm. I do four? Yes. So I take out the wolf, and I take out and the... And you do uh... one point of damage to this guy? Is that what I'm doing? I think so. You have four damage. That you can... Oh, wait. No, I was exploring. You're exploring. Stop taking Give people out. wolf back. <laughs> I get to do, uh, you four, do four successes. You do four successes on there. Now there's seven. Right, right. It's seven to get past the fungus patch again. God, fungus is so gross. Um, and then I get to draw and resolve a dungeon card. There you are. Thank you. Enjoy that. Ooh, locked gold chest. You may discard this card after your activation and exhaust one action to claim two gear cards. Hmm. So, like, I can do that right now? Does it have a little coin symbol on it? No. Okay. Can I do that right now? Uh, it says after. It says after your activation. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it right now if you want to tap a card right okay, now. Okay, and can... I will exhaust <laughs> my rest. And by tap, I mean trademark Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I exhausted that card. I know. Um, so I need uh, two gear cards, please. Oh well, you shall have them. There you are. Enjoy those. Yeah. Can I? Can I do both of these, or... Did you shuffle these? Yeah. Why? I shuffled them like crazy. Okay. Can I have both of them? Well, why did you just get... <laughs> I don't know. It's a shield and a an accessory. I got an iron shield. Right. So during your action, you can apply negative one attack hit thing <laughs> Here's to deal. apply two defense. Technically, it says in the rules you can only ever carry one item unless you visit the blacksmith over the course of a campaign. Which but we're since not we doing. don't ever get to visit a blacksmith, I think as long as you, we just adhere to the the maximum number of items rule, which is not like that rule, but I'm saying like you can only have two <laughs> weapons, you can only have one armor, you can only have you know you can have as many items or accessories as you. So want. So I can have a shield and an equipment. Sure, why okay. not? Okay. Well, then I also have a magic scroll. You may deplete this card before your attack action to target one additional enemy and apply two success hit things. Uh, this becomes a ranged attack. 
Okay, so that depletes. Okay. So you can only use that one time. Right, exactly. Okay. That's okay, fine. and then on top of all of that, I get to exhaust one non-nemesis enemy in play. Your wolf so... does the most damage. I'd exhaust him. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Oh, I'm so tired. I have oh. to use my reset, which is my faith rewarded. Two dice rolled on a rest action. I get one success. I don't need it, really. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I exhaust one non-nemesis enemy, so I exhaust this archer who will inflict twice. Okay. Uh, I choose one hero. That hero becomes empowered. I don't know if I want to choose myself or not. I'll choose Nicole, because she's got... A lot of attack mm, going on. Thank you. Uh, you also claim one more success token. You can't put it on your attack because you already have two. Uh, and then I ready all my actions. Okay. Okay. Your turn again. All right. My turn? Mm-hmm. Do I have to do the empowered? Oh, it's the next one. Yeah. Yes. So do not exhaust the next action card you use. So I'll do my hail of arrows. Really? It's, yeah, I'm going to aid you. Why? Why not? Okay, I got the AIDS. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Okay, so I get three dice. Yeah. And I have one, two, oh four successes. Goodness. So give me four success tokens. That's ridiculous. What else? What else happens? Actually, five successes because I get an extra one for <laughs> oh my, my empowered. God. Okay, so there's that. My empowered goes away. Um, the target hero, you can ready one action, which don't you don't need, need to. to. Um, and then I can choose up to two enemies engaged with the target hero, which is you. Each of those enemies suffers one damage. So they both get a damage. Whoa. Isn't that pretty nice? And I don't easy. even have to exhaust it. Oh, here. I've got... I can do... Well, <laughs> I can just give you my extra success. Yeah, if you Yeah, want why to. not? Okay. Take it. Uh, I use attack. I'm going to use soul fire with my two bonus successes that Yay. you gave me. Okay, one guy is still active, so I do have to roll one die for the gigantic spider. I roll those, and I get... Uh, A crit. This is like more crits than we've rolled two. Four. Five successes. Five successes. Seven successes, but I do take one point of damage from him. And uh, bringing me up to two hit points taken of 25. So I have seven successes, but I only need, I only need five. Actually, I don't even need that. To take all these guys out. Can I engage enemies? I can engage enemies. I'm gonna. Well, I wouldn't have. I would have had to do that in advance, and I didn't. So I only need two, three successes to actually kill both these guys. Well, then don't use your little extra successes because right, that'd be silly. Okay, those go away, and that is all. I wait. Yeah, that's all I do. Okay. Oh, wait, I can only attack one guy unless I exhausted an action. What? It says, oh, engage. I can attack all the people I'm engaged with. You can engage one more. Right. No, it says target one additional enemy. I only get to target one. What? That's what it says. So the, the uh, I think the gigantic spider is the only one I kill. I'm supposed to engage one person, I guess, unless I engage extra, so. Your guy sucks. Shut up. Oh, I mean. Yeah, I can only engage one enemy, and I have to exhaust one action to get another one, so there you go. Okay, then. So that's the end of my turn. That's the end of both of our turns. We now go into the enemy phase. Right. 
So Both I... of our enemies are exhausted, so neither one of them attacks us. Okay. However, the one in the shadow flips face up on your second activation, Ugh. and it says it's a gutter runner, and the first thing he does is inflict. So he inflicts one point of damage on you. Okay. Then he does something called skirmish, and according to his card, it says, if this enemy is engaged with you, become bleeding. Otherwise, become sickened. So you become uh, sickened. I don't want to. <laughs> if this is enemy is engaged sick? with you, yeah. it retreats. So the uh, then after that, it would retreat. But it's already in the middle, so it's just going to stay right there. That's so uh, sucky. Our location phase does not happen because no. we didn't quite make it. But whatever at the bottom happens, what at does it say there? At the end of the location phase, the party leader rolls one enemy die. That is you. Ugh, I, well, I'm already sickened, so I can't get sickened again. Oh, because you're so. super sick. <laughs> right, okay, so then we do our peril phase. This right. goes up to right here. The first player token passes back to me, and hopefully we get out of here before that comes back around again. Okay? Do we have to put out more of these things? No. We don't? We no. don't put out more enemies? No. Weird, okay. Okay, so uh, on my next turn, I am going to explore, because I need to get this done. So I roll three dice, uh, and this guy, uh, basically all those guys reset. So I have to roll one enemy die because my night, night goblin archer is still engaged with me. <clears throat> all right, I get a nemesis, which is distribute two uh, tokens among everybody else. What? And so two wounds. I, we have to get oh. two wounds. I get three other successes plus these two. So I'm going to use... Those three plus the... I'm just going to use the three that I got because it'll be finished. Okay? So there you go. We don't have to explore again. And it is now... That's your wound. Oh, and distribute two successes among the party so I give you two more successes. Did you get a... You explored, right? Oh, I have to get a dungeon card. Yep. Uh, oh, wow, look at this. I get a gear card from this. This is a healing salve. You may discard this card before or after a hero's activation for that hero to recover two hit points. I just do that for myself right now and recover two hit points. It's got the treasure icon. Oh, yeah, I get a treasure. Here's two hit points back, and I get a card, and I get heavy armor. So I found heavy armor, half plate, and now I have plus four to my health value, which I brings really, me to 29. really could have used that. My, my health is only 21. <clears throat> There's no trade system in this game. It's unfortunate. Sorry. Okay. So what's going on? It's your turn. My turn. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Actually, I should have healed you. I healed you instead. I'm fine. No, I'm going to heal you instead. Okay. How many? Two. Okay. Now Weird. it's your turn. All right. Well, I'm going to... <clears throat> I'm going to attack, I guess. Okay. And I can target up to two enemies. So do I have to pick them ahead of time? You're ignoring me. Okay, I'm going to attack my guy, obviously. Okay. And then I can attack two. It says you can attack two, right? Right. It says I may target up to two enemies. Right. So do I have you to pick them? Right. Which two? Do I have to pick which one I'm doing? Um, if I, yeah, I mean, well, you don't have to pick up front. You can pick after you roll. <laughs> after you roll, you can just <laughs> that seems do. like cheating. It's not. Okay. You only get two dice on your attack. Dang it. Well, I'll choose those two. Roll again. I'm rolling again. I'm rolling again. <laughs> See, this is way suckier. I've you got... got three successes if you want. I have one success. You have two successes on your card. Oh. 
So you have three successes, so you can kill the giant wolf. Okay. That gutter runner's too tough for you. You're not taking I'm, him. I'm out. killing the wolf. Okay. Goes away. And since I defeated at least one enemy, I recover two hit points. Oh my goodness. I that's told amazing. you I was fine. I don't care. I don't need it. And then I get to ready all of my actions. Cool. Boing. All right. What I do on my turn is I get to do Faith Rewarded. That's my recover cards action. I get to roll one for the stupid Night Goblin Archer, who's still with me. <clears throat> and I get to roll two dice. I roll two successes, and he doesn't hit me, and so I get two hit points back. Uh, and then it says, choose one hero. That hero becomes empowered and claims one success. I choose you. Okay. You become empowered. By the way, I use one of my success tokens I put on there earlier, so I'm back at full strength as well. And I get a success? Is that what it said? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm at full strength, and so are you as we go into the enemy phase. Oh, wait, you got one more turn. I do? <laughs> yeah, because I'm the first player hmm. in this round. Hmm. If you're tough. You're tough? Well, I'll just do my attack again. Yeah. And it just because it just resets itself over and over. Okay. Um. So I'll target that guy and your guy. Okay. The gunner, gutter runner, and the uh, night goblin archer. Okay. Okay. So I got one success and a crit. So that's two, three, so four to take out the gutter runner. Okay. Cool. Take him out. <laughs> Okay, Here. so Gutter Runner is dead. And I defeat... Well, I'm, I'm full strength, and then I ready my actions oh, done. Oh, did you make sure you used your Empower effect? You can take a, a token back if you use your Empowered. Oh, wait. That's what you were supposed to use. This one automatically happens. Well, yeah, but this... Wait, I'm sickened too, though. Actually, oh, okay, so that would have... So, well, that applies plus one, and this applies minus one, so it would have evened itself right, out. This, would, this one goes and away. And then that goes away. Okay. But my stupid sicken does not. Cool. Because I didn't aid you. Right. right. God, I hate that. No, actually, I have to take a rest action to okay, discard so it. Okay, it's your I should have rested. Okay, cool. But I, I don't have any reason to rest. <clears throat> Enemy phase. Uh, this night goblin archer, I'm first player, so he activates and retreats into the shadows. By the way, this guy, as no as a seasoned goblin hunter, should have no difficulty in telling the night goblin from the regular sort. The night goblin smells rather worse. That's what it says. He moves into the middle and he shoots me twice. I get two hit points of damage. That's the only enemy on the table, so he's done. Okay. And we go to location phase where we travel. We leave the fetid patch. Yes. Or the fungal stupid, patch. Stupid fungus. Where does this go? Right there. Right. Uh, and we come to a crumbling bridge, some ruins. The narrow bridge is the only way uh, forward. Many enemies stand on the bridge, blocking the path. Uh, this one says, before the party travels from this location, all enemies activate and then ready. That's terrible. That is pretty awful. <clears throat> so we get three engaged. So I get, get the first one. First. one. Clan rat comes at me. A night goblin archer elite goes at Nicole. Ooh. And then a... Ghoul Elite hits me, and one goes into the shadows. Okay. Okay. And that is... It only costs six successes to get past the crumbling right. bridge. So this goes to there. Okay. You get the first player marker. All right. And we are now at the next round. We are at round four. Fight! I feel like I need to rest. Really? 
I feel like I need to shoot soul fire all over people. I'm going to rest. Okay. Because I need to get rid of the stupid sickened, so I'm getting rid of that. All right. So I exhaust one non-nemesis enemy engaged with me. Boink. I choose one enemy engaged with... Choose one enemy engaged with you. The enemy retreats and suffers one damage. Okay, okay. so your Night Goblin Archer Elite has run and into the shadows. I don't really need to roll anything because I'm full strength. Um, so my turn's over. That's it. I just wanted to get rid of Sickened. You don't roll dice on that? I do. Oh, what am I even going to roll for? I'm, I'm full. <clears throat> I have okay, no hit points against I'm me. I'm going to get rid of my aid card. I'm going to exhaust that because I want to target one additional person and apply an extra success and defense when I do my soul fire attack because I'm rolling two enemy dice <clears throat> and my two attack dice. Right. I've defended and got three successes. I have two success tokens on Soulfire, so I have five successes. And that is just the right amount to take out the ghoul and the clan rat. Yay! Uh, and they go away. So, these go away too. That is it. Okay, my turn? Yes. I am going to explore. Okay. So I roll three dice. I have no one engaged with me, so... And I get one, oh two, three, four, five successes. And there's only six. And I on have, there. I have a token. Oh, so she gets all. So six I get all successes six. All Heck at yeah! Once. Wow. I'm pretty awesome like Here that. So we don't have to deal with the stupid crap that he was gonna do. <laughs> the crumbling bridge. Uh huh. Crap. Uh, sudden strike. The highest rank ready enemy activates and then readies. Boo. Okay, so this guy, the readied enemy, would be this Night Goblin Archer activates and inflicts two points of damage and then readies again. So I get two damage? Yes, but you get okay, a gear card. Okay, but I get a gear card. Trade ya. Meow, meow. And, ooh, legendary fortune. What? What? <laughs> okay, hold on a second. So she got a legendary item. These are uh, included in our uh, pile because... Of the uh, delve part of it. Otherwise, you have to kind of earn these. Just draw one of those. Uh, a weapon missile. It's a magic missile. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Shoot during it the darkness. <laughs> during your attack <laughs> action, you may apply plus one attack success for each uh, shield rolled. Oh, so you get shields and cr those crisscross things now. Yeah, okay. That's bonkers. You're going to okay. kill tons of stuff. Right. We may have Do, stacked the still, deck too much in our favor. <laughs> but I still get to uh, defend with the shields, right? Right. right. Okay. That's they cool. have both values now. So now I have a weapon, a shield, and an, a <clears throat> magic scroll that I need to get rid of. Right. Okay, so what I do on my turn, I don't explore. I go ahead and just rest, and that's going to reset all my cards. Oh, I get to exhaust one non-nemesis non enemy in play. Okay. That is really hard to say. Non-nemesis enemy. Night Goblin Archer. I then do Faith Rewarded Rest. Um, I could. I get three successes, so I get both my hit points back. And on top of that, I choose one hero, Nicole, and she becomes empowered and claims a success token. Okay. And that resets all my cards, and that's the end of our hero phase, right? Yeah, I feel like we're doing way too well. We still have, that was the third location of eight. Right. We got a long way to go. Yeah. So uh, enemies activate. 
Okay, uh, these guys they're are both exhausted. Done. Uh, it comes back around to you on the third enemy, which is the face down one in the shadows. He advances on you. That's the orc boy. Okay. <laughs> then we travel, which gets rid of both these guys in the shadows. Uh, on a travel, whenever you... Uh, enemies in the shadows get left if you leave a location. Unless they're engaged with you. The orc boy is going with us, so we do have to still face him. The new location is... Nothing with mushrooms. We're now at the level two locations. Ooh. The desecrated shrine. This is another ruin. Ruin. <clears throat> this holy place has been defiled by the forces of darkness. Profane symbols are etched on the walls, and holy relics are smeared with blood and worse things. Ew. Uh, at like the poop. end of this location phase, the party will collectively exhaust two actions, so we're going to have to do that. And there's four engaged enemies starting with you. One. Oh, it's another, another orc, orc boy. Two. What'd you get? I got a Jazale team. Three. I got a giant bat. Elite. And four. Uh, Jazale team <coughs> is not very nice. Okay, so we then have to exhaust two of our actions. Um, I'm going to exhaust aid... I guess. I can't. If you, you have to exhaust as many as you can except for your reset card. Okay. Um, I'm going to exhaust that. I really... I want to get out of this area, so I don't want to exhaust that. Except if I did my attack, I could really take these guys out. I just exhaust my attack. So I've got my Explorer and my Faith rewarded still going. Okay. Uh, the Peril track goes up. And we go to here. So we're on round five. <clears throat> Next round is a colored space on the uh, peril track, which means a special effect is going to happen when we adventure after this turn. So on my turn, I do an... I'm going to explore. I've got two success tokens on there. And I get three. I have two people engaged with me, so I might get beat up a little bit. But little I've got bit. plenty of hit points to waste. Okay. Uh, no crit. enemy hits. I've got three successes, four successes, five successes, six, seven successes. So we are done with the spot already on my one That's explore. That's awesome. See what uh, I'm saying? We're doing... I resolve a dungeon card, so I draw it. Uh, and I also get two success uh, tokens, and I'm going to put them both on your attack. Or I'm, no, I'm just going to give them to you. You can put them wherever you want. Both of them. Uh, my dungeon dungeon card says... <clears throat> the ground is unsteady and ready to give way at any moment and appears to lead towards a way out. However, you may add two progress tokens to the location if you do roll an enemy die. And if you mess up, well, I can't add any more tokens to it because you can't go over the Is there the total a coin amount. on it? Nope. Okay. So it is now your turn again, Nicole. All right. Well, I'm, obviously I'm going to attack. And I rolled two dice. I have to roll all three enemy dice, though. Where's the other one? Okay. Well, I get a lot of damage <laughs> and four successes. All right, you're gonna take four points of damage right now, but you've got. Oh, wait, wait, I'm not because I get mine. I get plus one shield. Oh, did I empower you again? Yeah, you empowered me. So actually, I can use my empowered success to. Uh, apply to my shield, so I deflect both those attacks, and I still have four successes. Five, six, if you want. Six, six, six successes. So take out both those orc boys. They're just clogging you up. Okay. 
They're out of here. It just seems like the right thing to do. They right. soak one. The orc boys have an, uh, a, a defense of one. They basically soak one point of damage, and then they have a two hit point. And then <clears throat> I recovered two hit points. Right. And get to ready all of my stuff, and my empowered is gone. Okay. Again. Well, hold on to it, because I'm going to empower you again, because the only thing I can do on my turn, the only action I have left, is to rest. So I do a rest action. Um, I still have two engaged enemies, and I get to roll two of their dices with these. Okay, I got both of them are going to hit me. I've got two successes, three successes so far. So they do three points of damage to me. I don't get to heal wounds I didn't have before. Uh, but you get to become empowered, and you get to claim one uh, success. And then I ready all my actions, and it's your final turn for this phase. <clears throat> well, I guess I'm just going to attack again. Whoa. I don't really... This, this is goofy, though. Is it? Yeah, kind of. Why is it goofy? Okay. I kind of think I should... Well, no. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking if I go ahead and use my magic scroll, then I can take out all three of these guys. But I want to save it because I'm afraid there's going to be like really bad enemies right. coming These up. These giant bats follow us, even in the shadows. So if we travel, they come with us. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about that then. I'm just going to, I'm going to just attack two. So I attack mine and your bat. Okay. No, not your bat. Your other thing. The Giselle? Yep. I attack that thing. So. Oh, and this guy's actually supposed to be in here. I just now realized when revealed, you keep him in, in the uh, shadows. Oh, okay. So he's in the shadows. All right. Well, he's going to die anyway. No, he's not. Well, he is because I still get two attack. Oh, yeah, you do. Plus, plus a three. Success. Plus you're empowered. Which that, plus I'm empowered. So that will take him out. Take right. him out. Because the team goes away. And I had <clears throat> one hit, but I was empowered, so I deflect his hit. Get away from that. Just put that down. <laughs> so okay. that's it. Ta-da. And I reset. Oh, okay. when I get to recover it, well, I, I'm full health again. I'm telling you, these, this guy's like way too tough. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to get beat up pretty I soon. Okay. It is the enemy's phase. My bat uh, in, retreats from so me and mine. inflicts one point of damage. So and yours mine. gets one point of damage on you. And then we get to our traveling phase. And we do travel. In the, at the beginning of the location phase, and we leave this area, that bats come with us in this case. That's fine. <clears throat> it is their superpower. Uh, we go to a forgotten armory. It's civilized, it says. Hmm. <laughs> Most of the weapons stored here are red with rust, but surely a careful search could yield something of value. At the end of the location phase, the party leader may exhaust one action card to draw one dungeon card. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, we get one guy engaged. He engages with me, and I get a giant bat again. Whoa. <laughs> Four in the shadows, though. That's a lot. That's a lot. So That's a lot of enemies. <clears throat> All right. Okay. So it, now I pass the thing to you. And here's what's stinky. Right now we get to a green space on this track, and it says, We spawn odious grump. And odious is the nemesis that's been over to the side of our uh, tracking board. Uh, and he is now in play. He comes into, uh, I don't know where he would go. Where he, would he go? I would assume he goes into the shadows. You think so? 
uh, it says in the, in the nemesis layer, or place, oh, spawn odious grump, place uncle in the nemesis layer, decrease the peril by three. The peril effect can only resolve once per quest. Okay, so this goes one, two, three back. Okay. As we enter this, an odious grump is now in the fight. Right. Okay. Okay. And I go first? <clears throat> Actually, I think it would be a separate spawn. He would spawn attached to me. He just would. So I'm, I'm attached to Odious Crow. And it's your turn. You like him first. that much? Okay. I do. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your turn. And I'm sorry to butt in in the middle of the gameplay, but unfortunately this sixth game of Warhammer Quest, the adventure card game, went considerably longer than the other five games we had played so far. The other five lasted around 45 minutes, so we were very surprised when this one took nearly 90 minutes, which is much longer than what I desire to put in an episode. So rather than replaying another game and ruining a campaign quest, we decided we should just do a quick recap of what we cut from the episode. Next turn, Nicole aided me and damaged Odious and killed a bat engaged with me. I engage a bat from the shadows and damage Odious enough to take him out, and then Nicole attacks with a hail of arrows, killing a giant bat and nearly a goblin warrior as well. I rest again, exhausting the bat engaged with me and empower Nicole once again. The goblin warrior strikes back at Nicole and then turns his attention on me as a rat swarm descends from the shadows all around my legs, biting me, followed by a giant spider, which then attacks me and moves into the shadows. Nicole uses our location to gain access to the, an armory, gaining the Medallion of more, but discards it to keep her more valuable items. I then explore the area despite the attacks of the giant bat engaged with me and find a locked gold chest that I hold on to for now. Nicole explores an unstable area and is damaged in the cave-in, but finds a way for us to continue onward. We then attack the enemy ranks, thinning them enough to travel from the ruin to the cursed crevasse, spawning even more enemies. I rest and heal while Nicole attacks again. Nicole explores and I cut short the, the desire to travel in order to, to deal more casualties to our enemies so as not to drag them along with us. We withstand the worst the enemies have to offer and dispatch all but a black orc, so on the next turn, uh, we, we leave the crevasse and make our way to a sacred water pool at the base of an orc idol. In this area, we find an extra large enemy and very ugly enemy named Uncle. We, lead, uh, we, we leap into the new fray, and Nicole targets and dispatches Uncle with a massive attack. The enemies then have a final decent turn, but once we weathered, we make short work of them, leaving the water pool and arriving at the final location, which we now rejoin our game in progress. Villainous sanctum, twisted skulls adorn the pathways leading to the sinister throne. A terrible evil lies in this place, granting the strength to its vile minions. Uh, at the end of the location phase, all enemies recover one damage, and this that one sucks. requires nine to, to uh, get through it as well. We get one to the first player and four in the shadows. Okay, but what am I doing? I just put the success. I know. Stop on there. it. <laughs> okay, so if we defeat this, then we win. Right. Uh, this goes up. I become first player. It's now my turn. I rest because that's the only thing I can do. Uh, so I get two dice, and my one guy who's attached to me, uh, I get, whoa. Three. So three, four, five damage off of me. Jeez. That's good. Yep. And then uh, these all reset, and I get to choose a hero that becomes empowered, you, and you get your success, and <clears throat> it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to explore. Okay. 
so we don't care about that because <laughs> you can't stop rolling One, two, it. Two, three, four, <laughs> four successes. Right. So we're four towards the the uh, the nine. Yes, I'm and a... I get a dungeon card. Oh. Oh no, five. Horn of Grimner. You may discard this card before a hero's activation to exhaust two non-nemesis enemies. And I already get to do one anyway because of this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna exhaust the Skaven because it's gross. Okay, my turn now. Alright. I explore as well. And I get four five six successes, so we get full up on the location travel. Um, I get to do a dungeon card and I gonna, I'm going to take, uh, two, I'll just give you two success chips. My dungeon card is Forbidden Tome. You may discard this card after a hero's activation and suffer two damage to add three to the progress tokens. I'm just going to discard that. I don't need it. <laughs> All right, your turn. We're almost done. Oh, I have to take a turn. I'll attack some stuff. Stop yawning. I can't help it. <laughs> Three successes, one damage, five successes. I got five successes here. Okay, and you take three points of damage. Whatever. Um, so that needs two, and that needs... That would only leave two more for him, right? Right. Hmm. I don't like this, right, by the way. Okay, so here's what's puzzling me. Oh, my goodness. No, Hour no, I'm just... Minutes. No, I'm just telling you. <laughs> so he's got four damage, but he's got two blocks, and right. I have to do math, and just, I hate that. Just, you have to do just, four just, points of damage to him to take him so out so right stupid. I know. I just don't like it. So, okay, tell me what I'm doing. How many did I have? Five? I don't know. Just kill some stuff. I can't kill him, can I? No. Okay. So... <laughs> I'll kill this guy, and how many do I have left then? One. Which doesn't do anybody any good, so right. done. Okay. Okay. Now. I don't uh, like shields on these guys. Cool. All right. I attack as well. I got one guy attacking me. Oop. And I get four successes. four successes, and that's not enough to take my guy out, but I have five, six successes, which is, so I take out the, warp or the Warlock Engineer. Okay. <coughs> Your last turn. I thought I was done. Is it? You took an extra turn. I, I'm sorry. I didn't do that. <laughs> I don't take him out. All right. So we're at the enemy phase then. Right. All right. Enemy phase. We. That's right. Because I did a rest and then I did a explore. Right. Uh, so enemy phase. I'm first player. I activate the warlock engineer. He advances. He's already here. You uh, warp, warp lightning. You and the lowest ranked enemy engaged with you and the hero to your left suffer two points of damage. So we all suffer two points of damage. Whatever. And then if the enemy is engaged with you, was defeated, you spawn one enemy, which it was not. And he's been tapped. Your turn. Okay. This guy engages the <laughs> hero with the fewest hit points. That's okay. me. Okay. I pull your a turn. guy who's face down in the shadows. I pull him up. He invokes Mork and all enemies recover one hit point of damage. So everybody's healed. Okay. And that's a goblin shaman. 
All right, and I get the Giselle team Skaven Elite. So I get three damage, and he's unstable. So when revealed, oh, he just goes right it's, into it's the shadows, crazy, crazy, and he gets uh, one damage. Skaven bombers is what that is. All right, last one. No, for me. Okay. Uh, lacerate. If the enemy is engaged with you, become bleeding. He's not. Pray. He engages the hero with the most points, which is still me. <clears throat> what is it? Oh, it's the wolf. And then he inflicts, so he does two points of damage on me. So I take the two points, which is just flipping that token. Okay, and, and then yours. I get this last one. And it's a warlock engineer, Skaven. He advances on me and warp lightning. You, the lowest ranked enemy engaged with you, and the hero to your left, each suffered two damage. Okay. So, whatever. You get two damage. Got it. Then if the enemy engaged with you was the defeated, spawn one enemy. Nobody's so who gets, who gets two damage? The lowest ranked, this guy. Gets. Okay. There. What? <laughs> Nothing. All right, so he's tapped, and that's the end of the enemy phase, and so, we travel and we get out. So we win. Right, here's the victory speech. Wrapping this up as fast as possible. <laughs> During the location phase, if the final location of the location deck is fully explored, resolve the reward on the back of this sheet. The reward. Blinking you as you emerge into the sun bright sunlight, and the hideous foes shriek and taunt from the shadows as you leave the cursed place. The party wins the delve quest. Period. There you go, Nicole. Huzzah. That is Warhammer Quest. Now, Nicole, I gotta say, I think we may have nerfed the game with our house rules a little bit. But I think so. why did we do that? Because we <clears throat> lost so pathetically in the first five games. Right. So we played the in the campaign included in the box, and we only won one of five missions. Right. And not like we won the one, but the others that we lost, it wasn't close. No, we lost badly. We lost. Right. Now, I'm I'm wondering in in the, you know, in hindsight here, because we used, during our campaign, we used the Ironbreaker and the Bright Wizard. Right. And we didn't use these other two guys who seemed like more support kind of characters. They seemed way more powerful. Right. So the Warrior Priest... It just seems like he's a lot beefier and like he has ways to get hit points back. And your elf being able to like gain hit points back whenever he shoots people. But if he kills someone. Right, if he kills someone, it's bonkers. Gets two hit points back. That's huge. <laughs> right, right. That's like 10% of your hit points back. Yeah. You know? So it, it was kind of shocking how much, how much better those guys were. And I'm wondering how well we would have done if we played the original game again with the different we, characters. We might have to at least revisit one of those campaign <laughs> missions right. with these other characters just to see. Right. Well, we, we did such a poor job. Though. We, we, that's why we <clears> went ahead and, and did the advanced level weaponry and, right. and skills. Right. Now, here's something. We, we just need to get down to this because people have listened to us play this and we even had to trim that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and sorry about that. We didn't. We had no idea. I mean, every we just, game... We can't put that long Right. Of a... Every game was like 30 to 45 minutes, and then we played the Delve, and just a heads up, the Delve is a 90-minute game. Yeah. As fast as you can play it with five games under your belt, it will be 90 minutes. Yeah. So it took us off, kind of caught us off guard. But, Nicole, what do you like about this game? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, you're doing a little quest, 
thus the name Warhammer Quest, you know? Right. Which questing is always kind of fun. Um, you're ex- exploring new locations and you have to, you know, earn the little points to get past the locations. That part's fun. Right. Um, I never felt like you were going too long without having another enemy to fight. Right. Which I know some dungeon games can, can have that problem too, where right. things just don't come along. Um, I never felt like that problem was coming up in this. <laughs> um, if anything, there were too many enemies. It's very enemy fight centric. I yeah. think. Because it's basically like you're, all you're doing is trying to keep yourself alive by managing how many enemies are in the table and deciding when you get few enough on the table to go to the next area. Right. Because if you go there too soon, too many of them are going to be just glommed onto you and you start taking automatic damage from them just like trying to attach to you and you not being able to do more than three. But see that part, I mean, it's kind of a video game. Like the part that I like about dungeon video games right? is, you know, storylines never all that important to me on those. Yeah. And this one, the storyline, it was there, but it wasn't really in your face or anything most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly just kill this creature, kill that creature, level up, right. move on. Kill this creature, kill that creature, move on, level up, you know, right. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I mean, I enjoyed that part of it because <laughs> that's what I like. Um, one thing I liked about it is that this is a dungeon crawl that's actually portable. And I know yeah. that there's some other dungeon crawls out there, like, like uh, for instance, Dungeon Roll. That doesn't feel like a dungeon crawl <laughs> that at all. Feel like it a just feels like a little dicey push your luck game. Right. I enjoy it. I like it, right. but it doesn't feel questy, like right. not in the least. This one, this one, you actually have little locations, yeah. and you have dice that you're chucking like a normal dungeon game, and you have a character, and they, you you build them up, and you get to go on little missions, and you have little storylines and nemeses and all that stuff so it is it is kind of you know they did kind of approach much of what makes a dungeon game a dungeon game and make it in this little little tiny box box. yeah and uh something else i like um i think it it uh i like the action card mechanic i kind of think that was kind of fun just for a little unique twist in there that's its own little like you know you know spin on dungeon crawls there's this these cards these action cards that are face up that you you know exhaust sideways to get the action and they come back when you play the right one so it makes it if you have a full complement of players everyone's doing each of those actions to reset their cards every couple of activations you know yeah i I wonder if that might balance it out a little bit too if you had a full four player it may be we should have played like a we both played two different players kind of game yeah because when you're playing with two players one of the things that it does is is your character uh activates twice right and it also boosts your hit points up considerably yeah over what the four player game is right uh but that's that's so they don't have to alter how enemies come out enemies come out exactly the same but your but the powers themselves like i said those the the characters that we used for our delve were very powerful whereas the ones that we used for the campaign seemed like junk <laughs> so i mean it, i wonder if it would balance it out more <clears throat> to do it that way i don't know so that um, might be a recommendation rather than having you know playing a two-player game where you just activate the same character twice it might be a better move to have to right. each of you control two characters right in that case you only get to activate one time each character and then you go through an enemy phase then right. you activate one time and you go through an enemy phase but i bet the support would be there <laughs> so much... the enemies basically attack more often each individual player. 
but but you don't get as many. But there's enemies not on as you. many of them. Right. So it probably balances out pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's quite a few card options in the box. Uh, that's another thing I kind of liked about it. The you know there's lots of items to get tons of like there's like 50 items in their little item deck. Yeah. That you could potentially get. Uh, I think each person has three legendary items, even though your your chances are only you know getting one during a campaign are slim at best. Right. Um. I just think, and there's like, there's plenty of enemies. And at this point, there's even like uh, on online on Board Game Geek, you can go on there and people have, you know, mixed up the enemies and print, made new enemy cards. And of course, there's there's adventures on there that you can just download and play for free. Yeah. Already just using what's in this box. Uh, so I think it's it's actually got some pretty good options and a pretty good, ro- a pretty robust building system for, you know, this simplified version of a dungeon crawl, this dungeon crawl light kind of the game, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought, th- I thought the story came through as well as I needed it to. Yeah. <clears throat> For I mean, what the game is, I don't, I didn't need something deeper. No. And I really liked those little bookmark points. They had like a little peril track and you go through this peril track and every turn you go, you bump this little peril marker up. And as you hit these certain colored spaces, it will give you a little snippet of storyline down at the bottom or something unique happens. And that, that made it like fun and it mixed it up right at the right moment, I felt like. Yeah. And when the, when each of those missions needed it. <laughs> yeah, now, it wasn't overwhelming. It, but it, I mean, it was definitely there, so. So what did you dislike about this game? I don't like the character names. All the titles of the... Of the like, tribes. whenever you'd read me the story, I was very... Oh. I, I got distracted <laughs> by the character names. Because, I mean, right. it felt like you were speaking Klingon or something. Well, and I didn't... I was like, what? Is, uh, Wait, what? Who? They kind of use that, like... In, in Warhammer, they have this, this sort of, like you know, simpleton speak, like what an orc, an orc who's kind of a, a dullard would say, you know, he, he wouldn't say uh, something, he would say something, you know? Yeah. And so they, there's a lot of speech like that. It's almost like I'm reading a Mark Twain novel, too. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> which I've done before. But the, uh, it's almost like reading like Huckleberry Finn or something like that and trying to get through this vernacular that, that doesn't make sense and it's not, nothing's spelled right and you're trying to get this slang across that's forced upon you by these weird spellings and yeah. stuff. So it's a little rough. And the names are, are pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember what they were. It was, I, I mean, know, one, I was, like one was called Uncle, but it was spelled like U-N-K-U-L or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, what else didn't you like? I didn't like that we lost so much. I didn't feel like, I didn't like that the characters felt a little more unbalanced. Right. Like the character, the, the elf chick, her, her reset was on her attack, but her attack already felt really powerful. Right. So for it to be a powerful attack plus a reset, I mean, the only thing that, the only difference is on the reset, you got to roll one fewer die. Right. But you get this extra bonus. Mm-hmm. It just seemed imbalanced. I don't right. know. Like she should have been the one that had to rest if you're going to give her a healing potion right. on her attack. Well, maybe the whole party is balanced, but individual characters aren't. It may not know. be de- designed to be played two player like that. They may have done that as an afterthought. Yeah. A lot of times that's <clears throat> what happens with two players. Um, what I think I don't like about this is I don't like the fact that it's being discontinued by Fantasy Flight. Because... Games Workshop has pulled support. But that's not the fault their, of the game. I know, but Games Workshop pulled all the uh, all their games from Fantasy Flight, and so a bunch of these games, and especially this one's kind of like tragic in my mind because it never got any kind of expansion or 
further support. Right. They got a couple of print-on-demand characters that are, you know, overpriced 10-card decks or whatever they are, you know. <clears throat> but nothing nothing adventure-wise. Yeah. No enemies are going to be made for it ever again. No more adventures are going to be made for it. Only thing you're going to get is, like, fan-created stuff. Well, maybe somebody will buy it, some the license somehow, or do whatever. I don't know how that stuff works. I, I think it's it's kind of a split, because the entire design of the game is owned by Fantasy Flight, but all of the intellectual property, all of the theming, is owned by Warhammer. So Fantasy Flight could turn right around and release their Terranoth version of this game immediately. And maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to be smart about this and take this entirely designed game, throw a bunch of new artwork on some cards and say, here it is again with our guys. Yeah. You know, except now yeah. it's set in the uh, Rune Wars universe. I don't know. If they did that and they gave me all new expansions for it, I would love it. Because as long as they made the characters new and unique and they gave me a new adventure, I'd buy it again. Yeah. It'd be neat. Um... I don't think it stands up to a bigger box game if you had this at home and you have your whole game collection and you're a dungeon crawl fan. You're not going to pick this up instead of like Myth or, <coughs> you know, any other dungeon crawl game. You know, like right. even, even the Dungeons and Dragons systems. I bet you would, st I'd probably still rather play those. Oh, yeah. If you ask me right now if I'd rather play that <coughs> or the Castle Ravenloft, right. I I'd do the D&D &D Castle right. Ravenloft. Anytime. Right. So it just doesn't stand up to figures on the board and it has i mean what it really loses is that tactical aspect okay you do have the the, the most they could implement this tactics in and of, of what a dungeon crawl usually is with these kind of gridded off systems is uh the most they could do is say shadows other players engaged or you're engaged right that's pretty much the only movement that you have in this game well that's not even the part that makes me oh gosh sorry just ran into the mic that's right. not the part that makes me go eh about it comparatively i just i don't know i like the the combat system better in the other yeah than i do in this one so. well myth makes mince meat out of this so it doesn't really matter <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyways uh that's that's what we don't like about it but what uh what would you say is, is the difficulty of this game to learn yeah no i mean <clears throat> for I a non-gamer eh, give it about a three yeah. I mean, there's some there's some flavor text and stuff on the cards that kind of gets mixed in with the right with what you can and can't do with your cards. Not can't do, but what your powers are in your cards. Right. But I mean, it's if it shows a picture of two dice, guess what? You get to roll two dice. It's not bad. I think that it's 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 got that standard thing, and I really like this about Fantasy Flight games, where it has that. This is your learn to play book. This gives you eighty percent of the rules. And then here's the other 20% that only come up rarely, and we don't want to bog your brain down with mm -hmm. it in the rules reference. It's going to have that whole 80% plus the 20% we didn't tell you about just to keep it simple for you. Yeah. And I like that system. I really do. Yeah. I've heard people complain um, about it on, on, on other, like, reviewers have, have complained about this, and I'm like, I love that system. Oh, having that I love having a glossary of rules and then just having a learn-to-play rule book that's simplified. Yeah, I like that. I adore it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think that's another positive in its favor, but sure. I give it a three as well. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would almost be able to give it a two, except for the, uh, the enemies themselves. Yeah. Um, reading those cards and how they react, their advance versus their inflict versus whether, you know, this doesn't do anything if you're not in the shadows and, and how they come out. Right. That part's a little confusing and that right. definitely bumps it up to a three. Right. Um, what would you give this out of five? 
for fun factor. It's a, it's, it's a you three. You can say two if you want. It's not quite so bad to be a two. Um, I, 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 I'm giving it a three based on the fact that I think if we did it with with all four characters present, I think it would it would beef up the game, make it a lot more fun. I think if you if if you didn't have that option, if you could only play it with the two that we played with originally, right. it would be a two. I think that if uh, I don't know, I think I think that if you have this on the road and you're playing it, like you put it in your backpack and you take it somewhere somewhere and you're like, hey, let's play this dungeon crawl. I've got an hour. I think that's a pretty solid game experience you're going to have right out of the box. Yeah. But I think at home. It's dramatically less than what you would want. Yeah. You know? So it's a great travel game? I'd say it balances between the two to be a three. Yeah. Between a four on the road and a two at home to become (laughs) a three. That's what I would say. Uh, So that is our review of that. Now, that is our final game in this series, and I'm not going to play another jingle. Because Mm -hmm. we're just... You want one? It's, I don't know. This, it's really close to the same thing because we need to update our five for five list. Okay. <clears throat> Do you want it? What? The jingle. Sure. Okay, I like here your you jingles. go. The old jingle. All right. All right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. Five. This is a five for five update. All right. So, our five for five update uh, we just finished. What, Nicole? Five our, for five. What were our games? Warhammer Quest <coughs> and the other four that we played. <laughs> Harbor. Harbor and? Three others. Oh, Nicole. I don't remember. Yes, I told you, you that. you do. No, you were supposed to look it up because I don't remember. I can look it up right now. Okay. Hold on a second. And it was. Oh, I'm looking it up. It was. <laughs> what do you got? <coughs> Harbor. Uh-huh. Um, don't turn your back. Yes, I remember that one. And Raptor and Mage Wars Academy. Mage Wars Academy was that part was of this one? That was the first one we played in this. Holy moly. This is, the, this is the series that launched us doing full audios of games. Okay. That's where we mutated this into that. Right. Uh, so we do have a new list of five games. We're not going to break that tradition. We're going to keep listing these off so you'll know that approximately every other episode we're going to be playing these games and this will be, you know... Two and a half months. Like it or not. No, I'm uh, just yeah. kidding. <laughs> like it or not, suckers. The uh, <laughs> So the next ones, we got five games on it. The first game is Slaughterville. Now, this is a game really I kickstarted. And this is a, it's like almost like an abbreviated Touch of Evil game. And it's got so many of these more modernized horror villains like the Slasher and stuff like that. You know, it's. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is one of them. There's a werewolf one, too. And I mean, there's just so many cool stuff. Yeah. There's a dream catcher guy or something like that who's supposed to be like Freddy. And I mean, it's it's just super cool. Uh, and this next one, I mean, I'm almost ashamed to even say. Oh, I'm excited. But this is this is purely for Nicole. And it's because we've never done one. And they're very popular games. We're doing the one that I bought a long time ago. Cthulhu Flux. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, but we're going to play a Flux game on an episode. So there you go. You'll get to hear us r- randomly decide who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think some of our half of our audience just groaned. I know. I'm sure they did. Aww. They're like, really, Flock skipping that one. <laughs> the uh, here's the thing. Uh, we're next one we're gonna play is uh, that's Imperial the episode Sons. where we tell you how to win a million dollars on a wait. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're not doing that. <laughs> or how to win Flux. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you we'll don't do that. try. <laughs> the uh, imp- next one we're going to play is Imperial Settlers. I traded for this game. I can't remember which game I attributed to the trade. One Because I traded five at once. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Imperial Settlers I put on this list because we need to play it five times because we own 51st State, which is supposedly very close to this, and we really like 51st State. Yes. So we kind of would like to do that one. Uh, the next one is Takinoko. Uh, so you guys will get to hear me explain why I don't like panda bears at some point. I think that we've mentioned that, but... <laughs> I don't know. We'll do a full history. Uh, Takinoko is a uh, sort of a... I don't know. It's like a tile bonus exploiting game where you build bamboo and stuff. I don't even know. <laughs> it sounds exciting. Ugh. You build bamboo. You build bamboo trees and you <laughs> harvest bamboo and there's a stupid panda. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Um, Space Alert is our last one, which is a soundtrack-driven uh, cooperative game of trying to save your spaceship from being destroyed. Okay. So that one's going to be fun, too. Uh, now, normally, we would end the episode here, but because our next episode comes out so close to Christmas, we have to put in a bonus peaked interest right now. <sighs> Whew. Wow. Would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. Yeah, I know. It's another one of these abbrevi- oh, these plural <laughs> interests. You gotta, don't just change it. <laughs> I'm you gonna can, have to. You know how. I know, I'm gonna have you to. You wrote it. I'm gonna have to. Pep just shook off and whipped me with her little curly tail. Uh, So here's the thing. I revived a guild question, and it was, what games are on the top of your Christmas wish list? Okay? Okay. Now, I'm just going to start with Rodney's list is pretty big. I'm going to go fast. (laughs) All right. Uh, He says, in no particular order, Stronghold. I I wrote that down, and I wanted to look up exactly what Stronghold was again. I know it's been re-released, and I forgot. It's the only one I forgot. My apologies, Rodney. I hope you get Stronghold and really enjoy it, whatever type of game that and is. And then tell us all about it. And <laughs> Tell us how Cause... strong it was and how long you held on. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next one is Spartacus. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier in this. I haven't played it, but I did a practice game, and I was shocked. The game sort of splits uh, between... like it, it shows like a gladiator. Everybody knows Spartacus is a gladiator. But gladiator's combat is only like 20% of the game, and the rest of it is card play and treachery sort of split up between that, you know, diplomacy and and card play after that. Hmm. So at least 80% of the game has nothing to do with gladiators. Uh, Merchants and Marauders, this is a big pirate trading game, and this is is one of the big daddies, the classics, Z-Man game. Uh, has had it in print for years, so it must sell. It's about one. three hours long, and I've never played it because it's not really exclusively a pirate game. You can do piracy stuff, but it's mostly a trading in the Mediterranean kind of I game. I like that Caribbean stuff. Game. I would totally play that. <laughs> right, right, right. Three hours. <clears throat> so, the next one is Arkham Horror the Card Game. Uh, we have this, and we're going to play it sooner than you guys think. Uh, Kemet. Kemet is an Egyptian area control game. I really like I the really sound of this game. I really want to play this one, too. Uh, the reason I like the sound of this game is because I've heard there's little to no turtling in it, 
which turtling is that when someone like in risk or something claims one country and they just start building up one country who's really far away from everybody that you can't really get to very well and they just sort of pitter-patter defenses out there, like Australia is traditionally what you do, and you just keep building and building and building until it's just this mass of troops and nobody can take it, and then you just start moving wads of troops out and killing your opponents, because you've had so much time to build up while they had to climb all the way this all the way across the map to get to you. Right. It's just a terrible thing. It's, it's a defensive game, and you can't do this. <clears throat> According to a lot of people, attacking starts on turn one and also... <laughs> There's these interesting monster troop upgrades. Yeah, I really want to play that one. Right. We should just add it to the list. Shush it. Oh. Mage Knight. Now, this is uh, a crazy dungeon-designed game. We played it. It's mm. a. Uh, <clears throat> it's very hard, and it's fun, and I think it's a great fusion of deck building and adventuring. Uh, it includes a little of everything. It has night and day, dungeons, spells, leveling up, individual player characters, castles, and dragons... And it's really, really dense and difficult. And fiddly. <laughs> and the castles are the best part. The good news is, is you're going to play a three-hour game by yourself, so you're never waiting for other people's turns and you don't lose patience. <laughs> uh, Friday. This is the solo Robinson Crusoe game. It's pretty fun. I have this game as well. I look at it as sort of a quick fix for me whenever uh, the amount of board gaming I have is kind of low. Uh, you have a set number of health tokens, and you carefully spend them to slowly empower your deck and help Robinson de defeat the pirates that are going to attack at the end of the game. Hmm. Uh, Tricarion, I have this one as well. I got it without much research, other than it's themed about magician worker placement game. So it's a, it's, it's themed about magicians. I think it's really yeah. cool. Uh, and it's it kind of has that uh, the prestige kind of feel to it, I think. But not quite as grim, <laughs> you know? competing magicians trying to get the best illusions and stuff a little heavier than i usually go for and i'm really hoping the theme carries me when i eventually get around to playing it it'll happen yep uh shadows of brimstone i have to admit that i've had this for almost a year now and i haven't played it it's been over a year hasn't it no i got it last year now here's what i'm saying it's cowboys and horror dungeon crawl and right up front the game needs glue Which <laughs> it I doesn't come with about. it it just it just needs glue I got this a year ago. I should have kickstarted it because if you try to buy all the stuff they've now put out for it, it will break your bank. Yeah. Um, I have the Swamp one. I played a practice game. It was a decent dice chucker with a fun setting, modular tiles, enemy miniatures. I, I know it's not going to be better than Myth to me. I just do. We keep trying it's, to get it's it. It's okay. Like planning on getting it to the table and it just keeps not happening. Part of it was is that we were playing a legacy game with Matt and Brianna, and they're the people we usually play these adventure games with. Right. So now that that legacy thing's out of the way, and once we get this baby thing out of the way, <laughs> between those two... When's that baby do? I know. Baby? Oh. The, uh... <laughs> so, uh, he also says a touch of evil. This is his last game on his list. Are we still uh, on Rodney's yeah. list? <laughs> Jeez, Rodney. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> it's I'm okay to want things, Rodney. Well, of course. <laughs> okay, now, I love this game. That being said, just know up front, it's a roll and move, a guys on a map game, with location decks that randomize what you see each game. There are a lot of dice rolls that will make or break the game. 
still with me you have a game you have a game that you know sort of with me i still think of it as a game that can be played competitive co-op or team versus team it comes with several classic horror villains like vampires werewolves and headless horsemen and several individual characters each with their own powers and it's set in colonial america in short awesome it's good i love it Okay, so Brendan's list. He wants Through the Ages, a new story of civilization. This is a Vlada Chavadal, uh, or Cavadal classic. Uh, it's really heavy and really long. But you get the full experience of building a civilization. I haven't played it, of course, but it involves card drafting to achieve a balance of population, technology, and military. And you spend all afternoon with your friends just duking it out on this one. <laughs> you know? So it's a really long game. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it plays in about four hours. Oh, uh, he wants codename p- pictures. And I really like my codename game, uh, it's, especially that it plays any number of two and up. Uh, two players are spy leaders and sit with hidden maps that pertain to a grid of word cards on the table that are kind of randomly draw- like thrown out there. Uh, they take turns giving clues to players on There's their picture team. Picture cards on the picture one. I know, I know. Just stick with me here for a second, lady. Oh, I'll shut up. They take their turns giving clues for players on their team to select cards, you know, that, that can pertain to more than one card and hopefully uh, help them find their spies. The game now has a picture version here um. that he's talking about and it gets rid of the words and I haven't played it, but if you don't have the original, get either game, it will be fun. Truthfully, I guarantee it. Because that how much word harder one the, is so much fun. I wonder how much harder the, or if the, if the picture <laughs> one's harder or easier. I've heard it's about the same, and oh. and I've actually heard it. Just just if you already have the one, don't worry about the the new one. What if you got them both and mixed them? Well, here's what I want to do. Speaking of mixing that, I kind of want to get the, the uh, what is it, the After Codenames Dark. After Dark. That's Cinemax After Dark. <laughs> but they have an After Dark version that adds words like boobies. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> I don't know. He says, Last Will getting sacked. Uh, we have this expansion for the game Last Will. It's the run out of money game. It's a worker placement game. <coughs> uh, this one adds jobs that you must get fired from because they pay you every single turn. Also adds randomized uh, turn order rewards because you kind of bid for turn order at the start and try to get like certain rewards, you know, in re- as a result. And this will randomize that at the start of the game. I don't really consider this a necessary expansion. Uh, I it but, was good, though. But it does inject a bit of interest back into the game, you know, to try to get it back to the table, you know? I, I don't know. I liked it better with the expansion. I think it was better, but I don't think it's necessary. But it's still good. Yes. Uh, he says Mythos Tales. Now, Mythos Tales is the sequel to the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective game, which I have, and I haven't played it. I've had that for about a year and a half. <laughs> uh, that game, you have, like... There's, there's a bunch of investigating cases in there, and they give you these clues, and you have like a little map of London, and you get these newspapers. You get a newspaper, like a daily newspaper, and you find clues in it, and then you go to locations, and you talk to people, which gives you little quips and stuff like that, <laughs> and uh, you try to solve this case, and at the end of it, you're just cooperatively trying to solve this case and get all the clues, and at the end of it, you score a score, and you compare it versus Sherlock Holmes, who is like ridiculously, you know... He just knows stuff no normal person should really just know off the top of their head. Right. And he and so you, I've always heard in the reviews of this that you can never live up to Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> we have it upstairs if we ever want to play it. Okay. It looks fun. How many players is it? I think it's up to four. The minimum uh, of. I don't know, but the uh, the thing about this is this is the 
investigating Cthulhu stories, mm. which I think is kind of fun because there's going to, it's going to be like, let's be honest. Everybody says Cthulhu, but what they really mean is H.P. Lovecraft writings, which he wrote a whole bunch of horror stories that never said Cthulhu in it. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's mythos tales like that. So you're just going to be dealing with cultists and weird stuff like that and monstrosities and stuff. It'll be fun. Okay. Uh, he says castles of mad king ludwig uh not a bad game it borrows a lot from its big brother suburbia and it adds sort of a tetris like feel to it of trying to kind of slip these things in together there's a resource managing tile placement game where you build a castle and all the tiles kind of you know influence each other like if you build this one next to this type of tile then you get this sort of effect you know Uh this extra money or whatever and so that's... Uh, I, mean, I like that game. I think the only reason we didn't end up with it is because we already have Suburbia. Right. And it just didn't feel different enough to justify. It felt very much like I was just getting a castle looking Suburbia. Right. And I, and, and I was left kind of going, I don't know, I think Suburbia may have been a little better. And then I played Suburbia again and I was like, I still think Suburbia is a little better. I don't know. I think they both have their merits, well, but I just didn't need both of them. All right, so Ray weighed in. He said he was hoping for Innis and possibly Food Chain mag- Magnate, uh, even though that one will be hard to get to the table. Uh, Innis, by the way, is the third game in the, cic- the I guess it's the Cyclades or... Cyclades. Is it sick? Cic- Cyclades. You don't know. I don't know. I'm just repeating uh, what I heard. Uh, Kemet, Kemet is also in that area control series. This is a Celtic game set where players compete to be the first to achieve conditions to become the crowned king. Now, while it is a guys-on-the-map game, it involves card drafting, it encourages less attacking by making it easier for you to win because there's a leadership uh, score that you can uh, you can have. If it, it makes it easier for you to win if your opponents are alive. You know, even though there could be, like, a, you play your elimination in it. Huh. Uh, food chain magnate. This has a really fun thematic art, and it's heavy and long. Okay, it's another four-hour game, which is why we'll ones. probably never end up with <laughs> right. it. The although theme, I'd really like to play it. The theme is fun. You uh, compete to build a fast food empire. Very dense and highly reviewed. Okay, so this is like the thirty-third best game of all time now, mm-hmm. is what they're calling it. Uh, if you have all day with uh, with <laughs> with game friends. Uh, that that like this kind of thing, you know, this could be your kind of game. You know, if you have like all day friends, they, they, they <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Friends that one, will actually come over and play all day. Right. One game you all have, day. Yeah. That kind of time. Uh, I did say that this one, because it's so heavy and because it's so long, it's probably not my cup of tea, but this, I, I mean, it'll be hard to go wrong for this. If you like a dense, like a really dense difficult game with lots of thinking mm-hmm. it sounds great i mean you're, you're trying to build a fast food empire that's that's super cool and you're doing stuff like putting up billboards over here to generate more traffic and mm-hmm. i mean and they it sounds really and, cool. and all the cards and stuff look really cool <clears throat> i don't know really neat uh finally david's list says his list is huge but here's his top five uh scythe scythe is uh i've got this i haven't played it what else is new <laughs> Yes, but we've only had it since since August. August. <laughs> uh, this one's a solid choice by reviews alone. Uh, many people consider this the game of the year for 2016. It's a unique setting. It's an alternate universe 1920s Europe with mechs. These big, like, diesel-looking mechs. Uh, worker placement, economic management, guys on a map. But fighting doesn't happen very much because it doesn't really help you enough. 
That's how the guy described it for us at the booth. Yeah. Uh, five factions are in the game. It's an engine building, you know, so you're kind of creating like a system to generate, you know, more, you know, resources for yourself. And there is no player elimination in this game. So it's pretty interesting. <laughs> he says, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Tyrants of the Underdark. This is where I start falling through here. I, di I didn't even look this up, but it is an area control game involving dark elves. If you like the whole Dritz Duerndon series, you would probably enjoy the theme of this game and uh, the kind of, you know, a little bit more expanse in the uh, Underdark stuff. Because, like, usually most of his adventures happen above ground, fighting dragons and doing all this stuff. And he's just got some ties. But we all, you know, anybody who's read the books remembers that it started with a whole book in just underground in these caverns and him trying to get out of this Dark Elf society, which this exposes that, which kind of is fun for Dungeons & Dragons fans. So that's uh, not just another one of those no, Castle Ravenloft kind of... No, it's an area control game. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Totally different. Okay. Um, Eclipse. This is... Um, they call it... It's a 4X game. It's one of those... Uh, Explore experience... No, I can't. I can't remember them. <laughs> Exterminate, explore, expand. Exit the building. Extra, extra. No, I don't know. Anyways, it's <laughs> it's it's one of those kind of games where you're you're just kind of creating a you know something from nothing and trying to out something everybody else on the table. <clears throat> it is a guys on the map kind of thing, I think. But you, I think you maybe you're just I think you're still dealing with one spaceship kind of board. You get to upgrade stuff. I don't know. It looks okay. <clears throat> um, Merchants and Marauders we talked about already, and this is a you know. A second for this pirate classic at this point. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is Lotus. Now this is I, I never heard, I've never really heard of it, and I just went and looked it up. And it's it's a it's a lovely looking card game. It's got this tile kind of placement where you're building like growing these flowers, but you're sort of placing tiles and creating a flower on the table. Uh, it's an area control game uh, as well. The flower tiles are placed, allowing them to grow, and they're picked, imparting wisdom, which I guess is scoring points for the owners. Uh, I haven't played it, but the flowers look really nice, and it comes with little wooden dragonflies and butterflies and caterpillars and stuff that you get to place on the flowers. It looked really cool. <laughs> um, and he said for a stocking stuffer, he wanted to have mythe, which is supposed to sound like mice with lisp. <laughs> uh, mythe is a pop-up book game. It's a Japanese uh, re-release is what we're seeing right now. The original one came out in 2012. Uh, you play as mice heroes seeking to find legendary items and then travel up to and slay the dragon at the dragon space. Uh, you each have a hand of cards and you draw cards from each other's hands until you decide to move. However, everyone has good and bad cards and you may have drawn a hazard card that would stop your movement. Uh, it's a nice game for younger players and a short filler or simply as a novelty because it is a pop-up game. So you open up this book and the little paper parts come up and they create little stair steps at the back and like a little mountain in the foreground and stuff. It's kind of cool looking. Mm -hmm. So, Nicole, let's do our top five Christmas picks. Okay, let's do You have fast. to start this one. Go. Oh, number okay. Number five. Um, well, I'm not on my number list. Number five. Okay. Um, come on now, number five. Uh, Go. Fresco. <laughs> Fresco. It's still on my list. I still want it. That drink game? What is it? Citrus That's soda? Fresca. Oh, never mind. <laughs> different, different game. <laughs> Just playing. Fresco. Uh huh. What's well, on? And I don't even have a description of it. It's by Queen Games. It has to do with painting. I know exactly, and it, I, I, I know 
absolutely nothing about it. I just know it looks cool, and I've heard nothing but good things. That it's just fun, 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 and fine, I totally want fine. it. Fine. My number five is Codex Card Time Bat Battles. <coughs> I don't oh. even know why. I love these two-player fight each other card games, and that's you what this do is. love those. I don't know why. Because you like to fight me in the face mm-hmm. <laughs> with your cards. I like to draw a hand and of go, cards huh. and leave you a bloody wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just crawling like? around going, what happened? Number four. Uh, Harry Potter Hog- Hogwarts Battle. Cooperative <laughs> deck building game. I, I'm a big sucker for a deck builder. Right. And it, it's Harry Potter. I mean, seriously. It does sound like deck building light. So? All right. It'll be fun. The theme alone will be fun. Number four for me, Kemet. Yeah. Kemet. I agree with that. What do you have as number four? Hold on. I just broke my phone here. Ha! <laughs> we um, already talked about Kemet. Potion Explosion. What? I've heard it's like just this very satisfying game for the little bit of OCD in all of I, us. I loved it when we were at the... Uh, at this the secret, secret cabal party at Gen Con, I, I said something about like potion explosion. This girl's like, hey, I got potion explosion. And I was like, of course you did. You're a lady. And this guy looked at me and he's like, and why would she want potion explosion? Because she's a lady. And I was like, well, Nicole, do you want potion explosion? And you went, yeah, it looks awesome. And I was like, there you go. <laughs> and he was like, fair enough. The box is pink. <laughs> you know? It's a ladies' game. It's got marbles. Right. It's perfect for ladies. It's, I don't care what people say. And they like tinkle down on the little, you like pull them out and they like, they clink together. It's supposed to be very satisfying. <laughs> there you okay. Go. okay. I just, yeah, sure. yes, I want that one. <clears throat> Number three is a game called Conflict of Heroes Awakening the Bear, second edition. This is a war game. And it's considered kind of the current champion of these World War II games. Like for the, the guy I was talking to, once again, the same guy who tried to call me out on being sexist with board games. <laughs> <laughs> As if more boys are going to buy Barbies this year than girls. The... Uh, this guy, he, he told me that he loves playing Heroes of Normandy as just sort of a dice chucker light game with his friends, but when he really wants to sit down and play a great game, he said, Conflict of Heroes is what he likes. And so then I looked at it and I was like, Conflict of Heroes looks pretty cool for a war game. And okay. I watched some videos on it and I, I kind of want it. Okay. So there you go. Can we talk about that sexist thing for a second? Just... Sure. Because I don't want anybody to be offended. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Girls do like Barbies. Right. Most. Most girls do like Barbies more than most boys like Barbies. That's why I said as if more more boys are going to buy Barbies than girls. But it's funny because like at work or whatever, I'll be talking to other girls and they'll they'll be like, "Mm, I don't want to be, I want to, you know, I'm just as equal as a guy. I'm going to go get my nails done. This this whole world is not saying. an even playing field. It's not an even playing field. Okay? There's guys I look at every day that I'm like, I can't lift as much as that guy. Yeah. Okay? I, yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah, and if you're going to waste your time getting your nails done, I'm going to go play a board game. Right. Just that, saying. There you go. <laughs> Anyhow, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Me too. We're not sexist. The world is not a level playing field. But it's, and it's, it's not... just a reality that <laughs> if you ask the average boy and the average girl, do you like pink, the girls are going to say yes more often than the boys. It's right. just how it works. Right. And no one's, no one's even with everybody And no one cares. And the boys that like pink, who cares? It's a pretty color. <laughs> Right. All right. 
Wait, which am I on? Did you do your number three? Um, yeah, I did Fresco, Harry okay. Potter, and Potion Explosion. <clears throat> my number two. My number two. Wait, we're at your number two. I you know. You're skipping. <laughs> Stop trying to fool me with your sexist talk. <laughs> um, my number two would be The Pursuit of Happiness. Really? Yeah. Okay. I still kind of want it. It's, it's, it's like the modern version of life. Yeah. It's like life for gamers. I know. Okay. The hobby I'll version of life. Yeah. You have a kid. Put him in the back seat of your car. But strap him in with the appropriate <laughs> car seat, not the one that you were in because, oh my gosh, you might have died. <laughs> I know. You know what my car seat was? I'm just going to, that's that's my tangent I'm jumping off on okay. right now. When I, in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> my car seat when i was like four years old was the was the shelf below the back window of the ltd the oh, yeah. ltd that we we drove around in i was allowed to lay on the shelf in the back window and sleep there because by the time you were <laughs> four there was no such thing as a car seat for you you're four <laughs> sit up anymore. be a big boy not anymore not anymore now you're like have to be like 10 right Bonkers, right? It's crazy. You're not allowed to nap in the car until you're 11 years old in the United States. <laughs> my number two. It is two, weird. Okay. My number two. Celestia. So I don't know what that is. Celestia is this. Like it's a really light. Tea? It is. It's you can get the uh, Earl Grey. No, <laughs> the champagne of teas. The uh, you can get like it, it's this little uh, push your luck game where all, all the players are thrown into this little airship, and the airship is visiting new towns every round, and every round you roll these dice, and these dice present a certain number of challenges, and someone is nominated to be the captain every round. And whoever has, has that captain thing, you're banking, you're trying to decide whether you want to stay in the ship or bail based on what they rolled, because you're like, I don't know if they have enough cards to handle these, because they have cards that counter these hazards they rolled in the dice. Sorry, I'm burping. I can tell. The, uh, <laughs> here's the we thing. We had tacos. It's Tuesday. Right. So every time you visit a town, though, you get new treasures. Okay? <laughs> so you're trying to decide if you, if, you, if, if you stay on the ship and the captain, who doesn't say whether he can handle it or not, if, if he can't handle it, the ship crashes and everybody loses their treasures. Huh. But if you choose to, if you choose to bail, you can keep all your treasures. So there's this weird push your luck game and it's sort of a light filler. And I watched, uh, some guys play it online. It looked fun. Huh. Okay. Celestia is the new version of it and it looks really cool. It's got a little, little cardboard airship that you put your little pawns in and it's fun. Okay. It's fun. I'm buying a Barbie this year. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> no, I'm not. Get out of here. I'm You're buying a Corvette. That's the only thing I'm buying. <laughs> What's your number one game you want on your Christmas list this year? You know, I had the Barbie car. Do you know why I wanted it? Because you wanted to get a date. Because it was out. remote control. Oh. It had a little steering wheel. It was connected with a wire. <laughs> it was terrible. But anyhow. This is bonkers. Um, okay, so my number one is Clank. Clank? I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'd like to have it. Clank game. I almost bought it for myself, but it was like, <laughs> seemed a little outrageously priced. It's kind of hot right now. It is a little hot right now. Right. People are buying that game. It's a good game. game. I'm telling you, I, I've had fun playing it. It just made me think the, about something. What's the date today? The 6th of oh, December? It's it's nine days until I get my uh, Mechs versus Minions game. Oh, good grief. Oh. What's your number one? My number one is, and this is going to make you laugh, and it's the only reason this is on my list. Is to make me laugh? Is because Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. 
Descent 2.0. Descent Second Edition is the number one game I want. Because of Mansions of Madness? Because Mansions of Madness actually introduced me to that app. To the app-driven adventure. Now, the Descent one, I went back and I looked at the Descent app, and while it's not as robustly built as the Mansions of Madness one, I can still pull out Descent 2.0, put it on the table, and have an adventure by myself, and the app will control it for me. Okay, yeah. It's super cool. It didn't make me laugh. I'm just saying that the... (laughs) You owe me a laugh. I don't. I don't owe you... You just laughed right there. Okay. Boom, I laughed at myself. I, I cracked myself up. Now, that is our Christmas list. And it doesn't... I mean, Kemet was one on some of the other ones list. Do you want my honorable mention? Mm-hmm. My number six? Okay. Brew Crafters. Oh, yeah. The beer making game. Do you want my uh, honorable mention? <clears throat> what is it? An egg poaching pan. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's not a game. But it's got to do the four eggs because so many times it only does three eggs. Why do you need three eggs? I don't know. Who who poaches three eggs? I, I want four eggs or I, I want two I, you eggs. You know who does it? Jack Tripper. Three's company. That's great. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Guess what? It's the end of our episode. All right. <laughs> now, that's our list. That's our shows. We did as many lists as we've ever done. Just so you know. I love our lists. <laughs> we talked about like a lot of games. the most fun part. Uh, now, we hope that you felt like your listening time was well spent with us, and we'd love to hear from you. You can write your comments to us at talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Also, you can like us on Facebook and uh, like our Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at TA Board Games. <laughs> Uh, In two weeks, just two days before Christmas, we will release our 50th episode, Nicole, 5-0. Be sure to tune in and listen to us as we celebrate this milestone by ranking our 50 featured games reviewed on our episodes in the order we like them. Also, tune in on our 50th episode to hear our 50th playthrough review when we play... Arkham Horror, the card game. Thanks so much for listening. A weapon missile. It's a magic missile. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Shoot it in the darkness. (laughs)